Buckle up, everyone, and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, a show where three rugby league tragics talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. And I'm Shana. And I'm the Chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. Yes, it's Wednesday, and you know what that means. It's another episode of Carpool Rugby League. Well, I'll tell you what, fellas, there's plenty to talk about this week. I mean, well, we have no trouble having a chat, but, uh, gee, they've given us plenty to talk about. We've got round 25 of the Premiership coming up, which is the last regular uh, season round. So after this week, um, the competition's going to be cut in half, and then we head towards finals. But I'll tell you what, Shano, um, there's, there's heaps happening. Yes, Graham, uh, there is a truck ton of stuff happening. We're, um, you know, we're, we've got we've got teams um, coming to the forefront. We've got teams that may have uh, slightly slipped up. We've got teams that will have different playing personnel uh, come week one of the finals than what we're used to. Um, we've got teams probably not playing the best of form at this point in time that we would expect to be peaking. And we've got teams there, you know, you, you, you didn't think they'd have a win for the rest of the season. All of a sudden are uh, coming through to the forefront. I, I think, I think Graham, I um, look, you know, um, I think with the top three set um, probably when we look at fourth, you know, um, again, that's, that's, that's probably, that's probably set in stone. Um, I'm loving the 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 bottom table, um, the bottom of the table uh, stouches that we might see this week. That who's going to fill the spots? Um, who's going to be nuisance factor? What teams resting players? How's that going to have an impact? Um, you know, you're looking at the Raiders and the and the Roosters. Um, well, they got no Joey Manu. Uh, we'll talk about that a bit later. Uh, Shark Storm, and, and what's really interesting, you know, like <clears throat> you got teams like the Dragons who who won't make the eight. They they're basically they're basically seasons done. But playing a South Sydney side, which is a shadow of, of what it could be, and the Warriors up against the Titans, it's it's a really <clears throat> it's a really interesting it's an interesting week of, of, of rugby league because whilst we whilst we th- sort of look at the top of the ladder and it's set, the final placings are there, are up for grabs. And it's it's going to be very interesting to see, um, you know, Sharks sharks hold the key here this week. If the Sharks, sharks are playing the storm and, um, you know, if they go to 24 points, well, that's all she wrote. Um, if they drop to the storm, um, you know, with with the for and against that really, you know, if the Raiders can do a number, if the if they get beaten by a bit, the Sharks, do the Titans, um, you know, do the Titans make an entry? Uh, really, it's 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 the Sharks, it's the Sharks to lose, and and the Sharks play on Friday, so mm. um, Friday six o'clock game could give us a lot of interest for the rest of the week. Yeah, yeah, and, and I'll tell you what, Griffo, as Shane said, there we've been talking about that middle part of the eight. 
uh, for a long time. I'll go through the ladder soon, but I just want to get your thoughts on how you're feeling going into the final round. Uh, effectively, um, we're down to 10 teams that can still make the top eight. Okay, you're quite right about that. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, discussion for another time, but, you know, do we really need a top eight? But Because uh, really, I think a, a top six <clears throat> probably suffice. Mm. But um, from what we've seen in the last couple of years, seven and eight have just been making up numbers. But yeah. that's by the by. Uh, you're quite right. There are 10 teams who can still make it. Um, Titans, it's almost a mathematical equation. Um, it, it's the Sharks' spot to lose. Um, but it, what I will say is it's good that, um, you know, that there's still games on the line for spots in the eight. I think this, yep. this round 25 last year, that wasn't the case. It was just the positioning of the top eight sides. So it's good that it has sort of come down to the wire in that sense. Mm. Um, but it's it's been uh, a week of high drama. I won't go into any of that, but we yeah, will. We'll get to that. Uh, and, uh, and to add fuel to your fire, Griffo, um, yet again, eighth place has lost more than they've won. Yeah. That, that really, yeah. I think under 50%. That, that proves your point. Yeah, we, we've spoken about this. Yeah. Over the years, I mean, and, for years we've talked about the top eight being an, a merchandising and, opportunity. You're selling t-shirts, not premierships. Well, you know, you're selling you're selling TV. Yeah, it's an extra game. Yeah, and that's yet, a good point. So look, from that perspective, I think <laughs> okay, that's fine because there's an yeah. extra week of rugby league. But yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think this is you know, I don't want to get into that right now. No, it's um, a different. It's a different year too, fellas, and I think the thing we've got to keep in account because we've also been the ones that have pushed and talked and said you've got to watch out for that team that's seventh or eighth coming through yeah that you're so, right i was just about to say that great yeah. many nine years gone by that seventh eighth team can sometimes be the side that's that's um in form yeah. you know they've gone on a three to four game winning streak and um and they've gotten their way into the finals this year um they're junk yeah well look <laughs> The int- it's a very interesting competition because I'll go through the scores from last week, go through the ladder just to keep everyone up to date. I know the listeners want to make sure they're across everything too. Um, and look, we're going to talk over the course of this podcast. Uh, a lot of the um, commentary over the weekend from the experts has been that we're basically down to two teams that can win this competition. Um, I'm sure you guys have some opinions on that. Uh, but basically, to go back to last week, one of the teams that you guys mentioned as a mathematical contender from the for the top eight is the Titans. Uh, they had a massive game on Thursday night against the Knights. They went down 14 points to 15. That was huge in regards to the uh, the top eight and where they're going to finish. So It was a good uh, massive... finish, wasn't it? It was entertaining. I enjoyed it. And that's what I'm talking good about too. Even though we've got games... We, you know, I know you guys have talked a lot about what teams are great and what teams are junk, so on and so forth. But even if we've got a couple of teams that are evenly matched, whether it's the, you know, the top two teams in the league or it's, you know, eleventh versus twelfth, we're getting some good, entertaining matchups, and that's what we saw on Thursday night when the Knights defeated the Titans fifteen points to fourteen. On Friday, the early game up at Mackay saw the Raiders twenty-eight points to sixteen. 
defeating the Warriors, which kept them in contention for the eight. Uh, a game that's, uh, as always, the Rabbitohs and Roosters games, um, they get a lot of media coverage, and we'll talk about some of the, the big talking points out of this game. But um, look, one talking point is that the Rabbitohs, 54 points to 12, defeated the Roosters. Uh, when they went into this game, they were third and fourth on the ladder. And uh, as I said to you guys during the week, rugby league's an interesting game where you have third beating fourth, 54 to 12, and all of the talk coming out of the game is that that third team that scored 54 points can no longer win the competition. So we'll get into that uh, later on. Just I'd love to on hear that, your Graham, opinions. just a quick one. Yeah. If you were to poll 100 rugby league fans and say what was the score in that game, what do you reckon the percentage of people who know what the score is? Uh, I'd say it'd be very low. Yeah, it's, and that's got lost. The score got lost, and that's where um, I'll talk about you know, it. A bit. I'll talk about it later. That's where I think Trent Robinson did a good, good did a very good job. I'm not. Yeah, you know, I don't want to give people the wrong impression. Listen on to hear our full thoughts. But uh, let's do the quick maths. 42 points was the margin. When a top four team loses by 42 points to the team above them on the ladder by one position, um, you're going to do what you can in any circumstances to deflect some of that attention. And I think that's partially... Look, it cost him him at least 20 grand. Uh, 40. But yeah, I think some of that's suspended. But um, 10. 10 is okay. So let's call it 40 grand. It cost them 40 grand. But um, yeah, look, it's it's what you do. It's what you do for your players um, because it's very hard when not focusing on uh, 0.3 of a second of the game to justify the effort of your players when you get belted by that much. So we'll have a chat about that later. As you guys know, yeah, there's no stone unturned here on uh, Carpool Rugby League. Moving on to Saturday, we saw the Cowboys uh, score 38 points. It was good to see them run in some tries against the uh, the Dragons. This one happened at Rockhampton. It's really good to see some footy for the people at Rockhampton. 38 points to 26, the Cowboys over the Dragons. Uh, the Sharks, another team who are fighting for a final spot. Uh, they got the job done 24 to 16 over the Broncos, so they're still alive. In a game on Saturday night, what many are calling the upset of the season, uh, the Parramatta Eels, 22 points to 10 over the Storm. We've got plenty to talk about in regard to that game later on as well. Um, the Storm were aiming for a record 20 wins in a row. Hasn't been done since 1975 where the Roosters uh, were able to win. I think they've equaled the record at 19. That's going to have to wait for another day. It is a record-setting season this year, but that record is going to have to wait. The Eels, uh, believe it or not, their second win over the Storm this year. So it's a massive win for Parramatta to keep their top four hopes alive. The Manly Seagulls, uh, they ended up winning 36 points to 18 up at Redcliffe. Uh, they finished very strongly in that one. And also the Panthers, they played at Redcliffe on Sunday as well. 30 points to 16 over the Tigers. So, as we move forward looking at the Premiership table, uh, we currently have two teams on 42 points. They are the Storm and the Panthers. Now, for those of you who are 
keeping track. For and against wise, the Storm have it over the Panthers. It's 487 to 356. So if you're a Panthers fan and you're aiming for that uh, second minor premiership in a row, uh, your main hope is that the Storm go down this week. So um, yeah, just to keep in mind, Storm, they'll finish either first or second. The Panthers, they'll finish it. Great, can I just chime in there? Can I, like, you know, I used to get hammered about the way I spoke about Penrith, and I don't think, I think every bit of it was warranted, by the way. I think Penrith need to be congratulated that they're yet again, they're one game away from, um, and and look, when you look at the, when you look at Panthers draw and 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 you see the draw versus, um, the storm draw, and you see what's happened to the Panthers during the year. I think I think I'd take your hat off to the Panthers. Like they're, they're one game away. They, I don't think they'll be minor premiers, but they're one game away from from a possible minor premiership. Yeah, I've had a lot of. It's injuries. one thing. It's one Tough thing. Draw. It's one yep, thing to. Ball. It's one thing to get it. It's another thing then to the following year keep that momentum going. Um. They are well and truly, you know, on par with the side that's come first, that's going to come mm. first. So I, I, I think, you know, like I dig the boot into them and any side when it's warranted, I'll also, um, I'll also uh, give kudos where it's due. And, and I think for Penrith it is and, and for the Storm as well. I think for the Storm. But, you know, looking at Penrith this year and I think, you know, the amount of players that were out for origin, the amount of players, you know, clearly getting injured. They had a tough year. They didn't have the year they had last year, and yet they're 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 a game away from the minor premiership. I think that I think you gotta take your head off to a club like that. Yeah, and a lot of people are, are saying that these are basically the two teams that will play in the grand final. Um yeah. Eels fans a, aren't. It's just, just no, Eels yeah. fans aren't. Look, Eels fans think that they're through. Look, and that's that's something to talk about, and 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 a lot of people are riding off the third place Rabbitohs. They're sitting on forty points. Uh, so, look with the for and against if they third have a big place forty third place forty points. How yeah. many times? In... How many times would forty points have oh, got you the championship? Forty Ten... points would. There's years where forty points you'd be you'd be Winners at a country mile. mile in front. Yeah, and look. Look, uh, technically, the Rabbitohs can still finish either second or third. However, unlikely, even if the... Oh, look, if the Panthers lose and the Rabbitohs win, it's a chance. Um, but yeah, for and against would then come into play. Currently, we have the fourth-placed Seagulls. So Manly are on 32. The Eels are on 32. The Roosters are on 32. So what we're seeing this week is basically a three-way battle for that fourth spot. So... Manly, Parrot, and the Roosters all fighting this week for a second bite at the Cherry. So all three of those teams could either finish fourth, fifth, or sixth. It all depends on results this week. One position, actually there's two positions we can guarantee, but one of those uh, is seventh. We can guarantee right here, right now, that the Newcastle Knights will finish in seventh spot on the ladder. Um, Eighth place is currently occupied by the Sharks. They're on 22. The Raiders are also on 22, and the Titans are on 20. So the Sharks, Raiders, Titans this week, 
those three teams are playing off for eighth spot. So the best that those three teams can do is eighth. The worst is tenth. So at the moment, when we're looking at it, and, the advantage would have to go to the Sharks and Raiders, given that they're on 22 uh, compared to the Titans. Uh, when it comes down Raiders, to... Raiders are minus 73. They're, yeah, the Titans actually have a better for and against. Yes, but they're two points ahead of them. That's the point I was making. Yeah. So yeah. the Raiders would have to lose and the Titans to win for for and against to be an issue. The Raiders win, that'll give them the best shot. But if the Sharks also win, um, it's a non-event. The best team in that three-way race there at the moment, you'd have to imagine, would be the Sharks on paper. But we've got to keep in mind, obviously, they do play the Storm. The Raiders play the Roosters. We'll talk about it later. But with the Can Titans the playing cat- the Warriors, who have Can nothing to the play for, the they could the come through. The Pigeons is um, Titans have the easiest game. They do. They do. And look, if the Sharks and Raiders lose, as a lot of people would expect, the Titans, they're only 23 points behind the Sharks for and against-wise, and which isn't a lot when you think of a 10-point loss to the Sharks. You know, it, it, it's... I think after that Sharks and um, Storm game, look, by Friday, the Titans will know what they have to do. The Raiders play the Roosters on Thursday. If the Roosters win as expected um, and the Sharks lose to the Storm as expected, the, the Titans will basically have an, uh, have an opportunity win and this is the margin you need. So uh, there's definitely heaps to play for there. If we go through the teams that are no longer in contention, they're playing their last game this week. That's the Warriors, Dragons and Tigers on 18, Cowboys are on 16, Broncos are on 14 and the Second team who are guaranteed to stay in the same place are the Bulldogs who sit in 16th position. They're on six points with only two wins for the entire year. So that keeps everyone... That's horrible. That goes down as one of the worst years of any club. And the Bulldogs are a proud club. They're a proud club. Let's just... Think about them as the Bulldogs at the moment. I'll talk about them because it's not likely we're going to talk about them much going forward. And can I add to that, mm. the, the Broncos, with Kevy, who, who, who promised a lot, you, you, you got up one spot to an absolutely horrendous side. You make a good point, Shane, because I want to talk about the coaches because one of the things that we've been critical on this podcast uh, yeah, uh, it's fair to say. I think we've been critical of Trent Barrett. Um, what impact do we think that the coach has had on this team, given the squad that he's got? None. No. The, okay. And, no, uh, and no. you know what? And you know what? No, you know sorry, what? I don't know if you understood the question. Oh, like what, okay, what makes, okay. How yeah, much of it's the yeah. coach? How much of it is the players? Yeah, yeah. I look, I, Graham. You know what? Last year when he left. I had Penrith fans telling me we're buggered. He's our he's our attacking guru. Um, we're we're not going to be anywhere near we were last year was the year where we had to win. Penrith are Penrith are second in a year where their points would have made they would have won by a country mile the the premier the the minor premiership. 
and yet you look where the dogs are. I, I, you know, I think I think maybe more important. Look, to be fair, if you talked a lot to the um, coaching staff of the of the of the bulldogs, they say we just don't have the troops. They say, look, we had to get do you, do you agree we had to get Flanagan. We had to get Flanagan. They bought Flanagan for three hundred thousand. It was more flash in the pan, see what he can do. Okay, he did nothing. You look at look at what you look at Marshall King at the moment and the problems around there. Napa's gone. And I think I think when you look at what when you look at what Trent Barrett's now doing in regards to the Bulldogs clean out, that is maybe he he's that, like, well, I had to get my foot doing that. What's that? Is that coming from Barrett or is it coming from Gould? I would only assume it's coming from Barrett because I, I, I know be Barrett. Collective. I know Barrett said very early on. Oh, Barrett said when he started, the side I've got this year is going to look so different to the side I have next year. So he he acknowledged very early on that he was going to get rid of some stuff. Um, I think it's probably heightened by the fact. Look, the Bulldogs have said you got eight weeks next year, mate. He's you know, so. <laughs> So, you know, regardless of what was said at the start of the year, he has now an off-season and eight weeks to make the Bulldogs look like a side that can win more than two games. Griffo, do we think that one of the main deficiencies at the Dogs, just to put it simply, is it the coach or is it the players? A combination. Yeah. Like, there was a lot of... um... I'm trying to think of what the right word is. Maybe excitement, expectation around this team at the start of the year. No one would have thought that by round 24, they're 2-21. and Two wins, 21 losses. No one at that club would have thought that. And few outside the club either. Thank God because there's been no crowds. They've actually um, <laughs> they actually signed for this year some some decent players, um, and every single one of them have gone backwards in their career. Yeah, I, I agree. Corey I agree. Allen, yeah, was, and I was actually going to mention. I was actually going to mention Sydney Corey Allen. Year. I was when, actually we say start, when we say he was fullback for, for South Sydney in the final, I was going to mention because Latrell Mitchell was yeah. out. That's the yeah, only reason he played the, first grade I, last year. Yeah, but I was going to mention Corey Allen. Let's talk does positive. Corey Allen like, at South Sydney. Corey Allen's still at South. Does he play this week? Of course he does. Of course he does. Yep, probably. Um, He's there. Yeah, Look, he has gone. The, I agree, Griff. He's regressed. He's yep. If we look at this South, uh, South. If we look at this Bulldogs team, uh, I'm thinking Corey Allen at South. That'd probably be handy this week, given that. I've been very wished he stayed. Yeah. Mm. If I, if we have a look at this Bulldogs team, um, I know this is a super hypothetical, but I just want to get you guys thinking, and I really want to challenge the thought that it's just down to the coach. If we were to look at the current Bulldogs team or the players available this year. And I know this is a big hypothetical, but bear with me for a moment, guys. Say you're the, you know, you have to give every player in the team, um, even if you look at what they were prior to this year, if you give every player in this team a rating out of 10, say it's your job to 
to set the super coach uh, rankings for next year and the, the prices. Let's simplify it. You have to give the Bulldogs players, each one of them a, a, a rating, a score out of 10. How many of those players do you give a rating over five to and say they're more than a, say they're a six or seven or an eight or a nine or a 10 out of 10 player? Do they really have that many top quality players if we think of it in that regard? And even still, if we look at... But even if we look at it prior to the start of the season, if we're talking about if the only player that we've been able to bring up in the last couple of minutes as being a superstar for them... Yes, he played Origin. Origin was a different being last year, though. You can't tell me that Corey Allen was... Yeah. Do you know what Graham, I mean? The reserve Graham, grade fullback for South yeah. is your I think, superstar. If I think you I know what you're... this to a lot of the top four teams, I'll tell you right now, the squad running out for the Roosters this week, I reckon I could rate them higher if I was look, to look at individuals. I... And they've got a whole team out. Do, Graham, do you know what I mean? I, I feel like I, Trent Graham, Barrett. Can I, can I, can just I add to what you're saying? Can yeah. I add to what you're saying? I think he's trying I to... I hear what you're saying, chicken. and I'll, yeah. I'll add this. Their signings that that were probably, you know, in inverted commas, some marquee signings, their signings, like Corey Allen, Dylan Napa, they didn't hunt those players down and offer offer money and, and lure them to the club. They were at the club because their sides were willing to let them go. The only the only signings they've got are players who whose clubs were willing to let them go. That mm. says something. Like Corey Allen, South Sydney said, yeah, go. Um, Dylan Napa is off contract. Um, you know, Flanagan, yeah, go. It's not as if they lured someone there to play football. It's because the only reason they got these players is because the clubs they played for said, look, we're happy to let you go. You're not really going to be a part of our long-term future. I know these I'm weren't them. these weren't minnow clubs. These were really high end clubs who just who said to these players, "You're not part of our future." So I think I think they in don't some have any ways, superstars. And, uh, they don't. They don't, don't, don't have any superstars. To, I don't want to. I don't want to. I agree. Yeah, I don't want to say they got down the, to the dollar sign. Yeah, of course. So whatever. 100%. Look, South Sydney valued Corey Allen quite highly. On his performance last year, and he was very good for them. He was very good, but they were not willing to match anything like what the Bulldogs were offering him. And it wasn't just money; it was also a what was meant to be a regular start at fullback. Yeah, Corey Allen was also told halfway through the year seek other opportunities. But the thing well, is, that's because of his performance. Yeah, and yeah, the fact that yeah. he's he's on yeah. more than what his performance has warranted. Same with Cottridge. Now, Cottridge yeah, well, there's was a, player, a state of yeah, origin player yeah. who wanted yeah. publicly saying, I want to play in the centres. Canberra come and said, look, we see you as a winger. You know, we, we love you as a winger, but the Bulldogs offered him an opportunity to play in the centres and more money. Um, I, th- I could be wrong, but I thought he signed a big money three-year contract. He, did. He, he hasn't delivered. The money's got to go um, somewhere because they've got the same cap as everyone else, the dogs. Yeah, well, like DWZ, who's no longer there, they were paying him huge money. Yep. Seriously, yeah. like 
I think that's, that's, that's eight hundred thousand dollars a year. What? It's what worth I'm, half that at best. What I'm trying to do through this is, I'm trying to take Graham, some heat off I Trent think, Barrett. No, I think it's the culture, mate. I think I think it's one. But why is Trent Barrett time, always the one if, that gets okay, I'll, I'll to the wall? It. Is it because he's I'll the coach? It. I'll flip it. I'll flip it. Is it is it Ivan Cleary or the Panthers that are winning? It's a combination. It's a collective. Right. You, yeah. You put Ivan Cleary back at the when Tigers. When there's a good thing, when there's a good thing, yeah, it's sometimes the combination. Right. It's the same when there's a negative so, thing. I think for these guys, it's just the combination of both. Yeah. You so can't in one saying that symbiotic thing with these yeah. two. So in saying that, forever to to basically hang. Trent Barrett for the Bulldogs' performance this year. It's not. This isn't a Trent Barrett problem. The Buck stops. This is somewhere. a Bulldogs problem. That's the problem. Yeah, but he's the scapegoat. You get someone else. Hey, 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 he's a scapegoat. Hey, how many, time, how many times have we seen? Hey, at Manly, he was the scapegoat. Yeah. At Manly, he had no turbo. He was injured. He got hung out to dry. If you rank the squads, if you look at the squads and the players available. You t- like how many squads are worse than the Bulldogs? None. Okay. But, but so I'll say this: last year, two wins on back. Dean Pay before he got sacked. Yep. And whoever took him to right. the end of the year, there's another. I don't know who it was? Um, they won, I believe, three games. Might stand corrected on that. They've gone backwards mm. with a, what I consider a better squad this year. Than what they had last year. Hypothetically, I'll go into hypotheticals, I, Griff. I, I think worry, last year's team beats this year's team. I worry. What I'm saying is, I worry that I don't want to give the Bulldogs false hope and jump on the let's get rid of Trent Barrett bandwagon because I don't think getting rid of Trent Barrett's going to make this team any better. Graham, can I can I offer some can I offer a pearl of wisdom tell me, here? Tell me a coach and, that will come and, in. No, no, I'm, I'm serious. Yeah. When you got clubs like this. When you've got clubs where they're collectively bad, the problem lies, and if you look at it and you give me an you give me an you give me a, an a, an example where I'm wrong, the problem lies not necessarily on the field, but in the boardroom. Take the Tigers. The, the, you know, so many times where this kind of thing happens, where you go, "Geez, I can't see if it's the coach. I can't see if it's the players. I don't know who." To, the problem is the boardroom, and then what happens is you've got the coach button their head. Now, the coach bangs their head but against why, the wall. Why talk then about is the that Trent rubber. Barrett's problem? The coach playing – yeah, because he's the guy. He's the where the buck always stops with the coach. And you, you look got, at a club. Okay, take okay, – They're not take the Wayne boss. Bennett. They're not the Wayne boss. Wayne Bennett. Okay, okay pick I'll the best coach ever, clubs. yeah. I'll give you three clubs. I'll give you three clubs. Yep. Right? Let's choose Melbourne, the clubs with premiership Melbourne, winning Penrith coaches. South. Melbourne, Penrith South. Melbourne Penrith South have said, right? So you've got Bellamy, you've got Ivan Cleary, and you've got um, Wayne Bennett. All three of them okay. say, the minute I have boardroom issues, I'm out. And they okay. put it in their contract. They throw it in their contract to say, the minute there's a boardroom problem, my contract actually becomes null and void, and I can walk. Why do you think Ivan Cleary walked That's, from no, the, the Tigers? Yeah, no. Not the coach. You know, it, it was I easy for him. But if okay, let's go another hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Trent Barrett's coaching the Storm this year. Where do they finish on the ladder? First or second? Yeah, see, that's my point. I don't know. 
That's my but, point. But that's, but that's the thing. The look, buck has to stop somewhere. How much is the squad worth versus the coach? And the problem it's, is they've they've invested in these players. They're paying overs for the players. And the coach is often the scapegoat. Now, I'll be, I'll okay, be honest Brownie, with you. A lot of the okay, time, Brownie, the coach makes a big difference. Brownie, Brownie, Brownie coaches the storm where they finish. I, I still reckon they're in the top four Brownie, team. Bra- okay, Bellamy coaches uh, Newcastle where they finish. Sixth. Really? Yep. I got. I got. A he's bit not of playing info first receiver. Newcastle. Yeah, but he's got a bit of info on Newcastle. I, I did hear it on a on a program, but then I went and did my research. I don't often do research. Newcastle. <laughs> you can tell. Knights. <laughs> nah, I'm just shaking, mate. <laughs> are finishing seventh. They are. Irrespective of anything that happens this week, and you'd have to say. You know, that that is <clears throat> probably about on par with where they should be. They they I think they finished there last year as well. They did. I think we saw Knights yep. and Sharks seven and eight last year. Yep. So they they haven't gone backwards um in terms of their ladder position. The Newcastle Knights against top six teams have only played seven games. So they've had a very favorable draw. Mm-hmm. They're one it. from seven. They lost their only game against the Panthers. The only top six side they played twice was the Roosters for two losses. They had a win in their only clash with the Sea Eagles and losses to Eels, Rabbitohs, and Storm. So they're perhaps a little fortunate to um, to be where they are. Oh, they um, are very just fortunate. Just like the Sharks last year were very fortunate to make the eight. I haven't looked at the Sharks' draw this year, but we know last year they didn't beat any team above them on the ladder and still no. made the eight. Um, I guess Newcastle can say we've had one win uh, against the top six side. And an but they've been very this... fortunate only playing I, those I... top teams once. Bar and I think from memory, just... whenever they played a top team, they got belted. They just didn't Mostly. lose. They got hammered. Do you know like, the funny I think thing is they, too... lost, they lost to the Eels 40-4 to four at one stage, I think. The Sharks, yeah, they had a big loss against the Eels. Sharks yeah, last year when they came eighth, they had 10 wins, 10 losses. And they had this, this is the ultimate par team. If you're a golfing fan, go for the Sharks. 10 wins, 10 losses. Points differential zero. That was last year for the Sharks. So when we look at this year, they've actually, it says a lot about the competition. They've got 10, 10 wins, 13 losses. Now that makes sense because we've got more rounds this year. Um, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. We played a 20 round comp, of course. Yeah. That's something to keep in mind last year, but hmm. they would have lost yeah. more. Look, yeah. Um, but, you know, it's uh, look. It's the debate you can have. Um, the hard thing is, what we've just proved to everyone is, it's hard to play the blame game, point a finger, and see where the issues lie. At the end of the day, um, it's a collective, and I think that what Shano and you are saying, Griffo, is if we look at teams like the Bulldogs, even the Broncos, it's got to be more than the players. Like having a superstar squad, you've got to have a superstar squad. You have a good coach. You've got to have a boardroom that's behind you. You've got to have, in some cases, draw. Could be lack of 
you know, luck with injuries. For you to win a premiership, there are everything's got to go right. So many things have got to go right. And I'm going back to Shano's point before where you've got the Panthers who have only lost three games. They're equal on points with the Storm. I think for if we're going to give a character-building um, award, if we're going to award the, the premiership for character and adversity and whatnot, they've, they've done pretty well. And I, I think also, too, with the Storm having patches where they've got players out here and there, the good teams rise to the top somehow. And I think that's what we've got to sort of... Can I can I I'm add, sure and maybe understand. next week we'll have an awards ceremony. Oh yeah, well we've got semester we'll, two. Uh, we'll talk about yeah, we'll talk about um, we'll talk about a few things. Can I say the most underwhelming, the most underwhelming signing of the year is David Fafida. I I just think that that he's signing, mm-hmm. and the way he's played for the Titans, he couldn't even get him to the bottom of the eight or to to you know to eighth spot like they might finish out of the eighth with the money he's on and the hype I think he goes down as the most underwhelming signing I've seen for a long time yeah look yeah Could, anyway yeah. got a week ahead Gray there's a massive week ahead um, and look keeping us up to date with everything Shano I mean we've had a good chat about what's going on here there and everywhere but um, look it wouldn't be an episode of Carpool Rugby League without Shano's tidbits Oh, look, there's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot. Uh, as we mentioned, uh, we have uh, we have Trent Robinson. He stands by his comments, but is he going to accept the $40,000 fine? Uh, that's $30,000, $10,000 of that suspended. Look, it... it, it, it his comments, and I think I think what you said there, Gray, was right on the money. He, they got belted by South Sydney, um, and you know a lot of a lot of a lot's been made in the media of, of a, lo- a lot of teams this week, and, and a lot. It's interesting uh, reading. Um, there was one article, and it was by one of the big papers. I can't remember which one now, which actually said South Sydney was the best team last week. So you look at it that. Without Latrell Mitchell, who has taken his six weeks suspension, um, it's another bit of news uh, that that really um, that has massive implications because uh, they're probably um, <laughs> if, all, if all goes to plan for Penrith to beat South Sydney in the first week and the Roosters win, they might play each other again. So uh, it's going to be a very interesting uh, couple of weeks ahead. Um, Hopawadi, he's going to St. Helens uh, at the end of this year. We're talking about the dogs here. He's open to an NRL return. He's throwing the um, he's throwing the feelers out there. Um, he's throwing the feelers out there. He wants to um, he wants to come back maybe after going to England. Uh, interesting, interesting little article. If you if you get hold of it on the internet, where Crichton talks about taking the turbo approach with his backline switch, so. Um, look, Penrith are just going from strength to strength, and 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 when you start looking at the players and start listening to the players, um, you know they they they're really having some self belief this year. Um, uh, belief that maybe they didn't have last year. They were sort of they were sort of wading through uncharted waters, but this year, it's it's again uh, for these guys. Look, um, we talk about him here, smashing baby. 
Mark Nichols, he's chuffed by the honour. He's going to lead the South Sydney Rabbitohs, so he'll go down in history as being a South Sydney Rabbitohs captain, um, which which is uh, which is good for him. Uh, just it's looking at smashing, some of the, baby, smashing for him. <laughs> just looking at some of the signings. Uh, if you want to look at some signings, Tracker uh, Hiroti, he's signed a one-year contract extension with the Sharks. Um, uh, so, so uh, he'll stay there for at least one year. Uh, Fodawaka, he's re-signed for the Titans to the end of 2024. Um, of course, he's 21-year-old Maroons prop. Um, he was already contracted through to the end of next season. So he's they've uh, been able to um, sign him up. It's Newcastle. a very good signing, Shane. Sorry it's a very good drop, signing. And, and, no, I wasn't and aware of that. Yep, I and think he's an outstanding Yep, locked him up. So that's I think I think the Titans when they look at that, that's that's really locked him up. Uh, Newcastle they've announced the signing of uh, Adam Clune to a two-year deal starting in 2022. So that's that's going to be interesting. He's um I, th- I think we, we forget Adam Clune. He's 26 years old, um and, and he made his um debut in 2020. So um look, Knights um. He's probably going to provide cover more than anything when you think that Jake Clifford and Mitchell Pierce they're the halves. So it'll be interesting to see the purpose that he has there. Uh, Jordan Rapana, he's agreed to a two-year deal, uh, which will seem to the Raiders seem at the Raiders the end of 2023. Um, look, Dom Ferner, the CEO, uh, said he's one of the popular players. Uh, he's his his signature was very keen, and um, look. He's got a massive fan base there. They were very keen to get his, his signature on a piece of paper. And the Titans, they've gone on a bit of a, a spending spree. Um, they've secured the services of uh, hooker Aaron Booth for the 2022 season. Um, and uh, fullback Jaden Campbell has signed a deal that will keep him at the Titans till the end of 2024. So, look, there's a lot of signings going on. There's a lot of things happening. Um there's, yeah, there's 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 a lot happening in that regard. I think I think the rest of my um, tidbits are probably going to get covered when we start talking about teams and team news. Um, I can't think of anything I've got here. Um, if you're a Bulldogs fan, please have a look at the uh, uh, have a look at your uh, team's homepage because there's a bucket load of players that are let it, being let go for this year for the end of this year. So, and of course, one of them. Uh, controversially includes uh, Marshall King, who, who's, you know, had a very interesting fortnight. So, um, yeah, I think when I look at all my stuff, um, yeah, I, I think that uh, the rest will be caught up with in our team news. Um, James, sorry, uh, before you leave, um, mm-hmm. I just have a look at my notes here. Yes, yes, uh, What You talk about Marshall King. Yep. What's what's happened there? I, I'm not aware. Oh, look, uh, it's it's run it's run a bit cold. I'd I'd say they're doing all the. Uh, look, the Bulldogs have basically said it. It's game over. We're, you know, you're not going to be part of our club next year. Um, as far as the bigger picture goes, um, yeah, I think uh, it's it's run cold a little bit. I think we'll hear a few things in the coming days. So, yeah, He's not a bad player in a team. That <laughs> yeah, struggles. yeah. So um yeah it's it's just that that's true that's true um but yeah it's uh it's 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 going what to be was it um, nine players nine players they said that 
Yep. They're not keen on for next year, so... I doubt too many of those nine will pick up another contract at the NRL. I know Meany's off to the the storm, but if you're caught by the Bulldogs, you know, you're not a great player, really, are you? I mean, yeah. if, you're a, if you're a Napa or a Lachlan Lewis, are you getting a cheap deal somewhere? I don't know. Lachlan Lewis has had a few issues, so... Um, Maybe he'll find a spot in the Super League. Napa, Napa. So it'd be a short deal, you'd think. But, you know, you've got some of these other players like Katoa, Britt. Um, well, there's a lot, of, a lot of mediocre players there. Yeah. I think they're trying to um, just, yeah, trying to shed some dead wood. I think, yeah, just trying to manage, manage the cap in the sense of getting rid of some players that aren't really offering them much. So you, you I think I said Marshall. Trouble. I think I said Marshall King. Sorry, Lachlan Lewis. Did I say Marshall oh, King. Oh, you did yeah. say Marshall King. Oh, sorry, Lachlan Lewis. My bad. Okay. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. No, so, I, I, apologies. I, didn't, I hadn't heard about apologies to I didn't Marshall know that King. There was any drama uh, when with you Marshall said it, King. I'm like, sorry, I had a I had a thing to say about Marshall King, but that ran cold. Um, no, Lachlan Lewis, of course. Um, okay. Of course, he's the yeah, is the, is the bad is the bad boy there. Sorry. Why sorry to sound? Sorry to Marshall King. Yes. Yes. Okay, so to all the Marshall King supporters out there, he's still your king. He's, he's still, still your Marshall. king. Sorry, my apologies. He's I still pointing you in the right direction as a marshal. I had a, I had a, had a brain, had a brain explosion while um, I was just refereeing something with my daughters. So sorry about that, everyone in the Carpool Rugby League land. And uh, yes, sorry, it was Lachlan Lewis, of course, who um, is in a is in a frag of trouble. Mm. Problem, problem for the Bulldogs is that no player wants to go there unless they're going to get more than what they can get anywhere else. Yeah. So if they have to replace those guys in their, whatever it is, top 30. Yeah. That's their dilemma, I guess. Whether they've got young guys coming through in their own club, I don't know. But one of the other things is, Griffo, I was, I was talking to someone the other day and, and they wanted to sort of help them with some writing and they wanted to write an article on rugby league and I was talking about the dogs. There's a player vacuum really at that lower in, in, in that lower part of the eight where to entice anyone from, from the top five teams, in any given year, there are a red-hot chance of being A, in the finals, and and be going deep into the finals, you've got to entice, you've got to actually do a lot of enticing to pull a player out of a situation where not only will they play final football, but they might win a premiership. And, you know, like, unless you've got juniors coming through that you can sort of nurture, which which the dogs used to have, they're in, they're in a frag of trouble in that regard. So, yeah, I... I Look, it's just going to be another year to see what they can do, but I don't know. But, but I think anyway, it's more than like that, I said, It's more um, than that. If they don't do well, obviously their coach goes. It has to go. They are bringing in Tavita Pangai Jr., Matt Burton, Josh Adokar. They may have other signings, but Josh Adokar is the best winger in the world. I don't think anyone is better than him. Matt Burton is one of the best young talents 
in the NRL. And apart from maybe Joey Manu, might be on performance the best centre this year uh, in the NRL. Tavita Pangai Jr. is an enigma, no doubt. His talent is unbelievable. His performance has been... It's been uh, spasmodic, uh, for want of a better term. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Panga Jr. goes for the rest of this year with the Panthers. I thought last week we saw something to give Penrith fans uh, a lot of uh, excitement and certainly Bulldogs fans even more, given that he's there for three years. But, um, you know, we talked a lot about Barrett earlier. I think Barrett has proven as a very, very good assistant coach, but the jury is definitely out on his ability as a head coach. More to their playing, more to their playing ability, more to their playing ability. You hire or you you get these guys in because they've been coached by some of the best coaches in the NRL. You want you want their system. You want their formula. You want to know what does that coach do that we can, that we can adopt here. Um, if you're the yeah, dogs I... and, um, like we're saying, like say they have a rubbish start next year and Trent Barrett goes, who's a coach that's available that you think Flanagan? If uh, he's, oh yeah. yeah, he's available. Okay, yeah. He'd be number one on availability. Shane Flanagan. Won a premiership. Can... Or oh, Paul Green is another. I, I I wouldn't go with him, but but he's another coach who doesn't have a job other than Queensland and has won a premiership. So there's two guys just off the top of my head. Um, I would think that they would not want to go with a rookie coach. Um, if, you know, if, say, I don't know what this is. Just say they do have a poor start to the year and they say, right, sorry, Trent, um, you know, we're sacking you. There's a couple of guys there. I'd probably think Shane Flanagan would be the front runner. Well, interesting and ironic that, you know, taking over the side where currently his son plays, I don't know, was, was his son on that list, Shane, of those being shown the door? Uh, uh, from what I understand, yes, he was okay. Well, maybe, uh, maybe uh, or, or, Shane Flanagan, um, Mark want. There was Mark another list. Bulldogs. Thanks, but yeah, no thanks. There was thanks. another list where it was um, uh, uh, basically you're part of the squad, but you're not part that wouldn't be part of the top grade side. Uh, he might have been there because what okay. was Shane Flanagan's last gig would have been. Assisting at the Dragons. Assisting at the Dragons, yeah. Mm. Yep. He served his suspension now. Yeah. Well, the NRL have said they'd register his application. Yeah. mm. What are your thoughts then on the... I mean, I know we're going off on a tangent here. Um, It'd be a hell of a comeback given that the Dragons weren't keen on him this year. No, I think probably more of that, Graham, was more to do with the fact that Griffin coming in. Griffin's coming in. Yeah. doesn't want a guy underneath yeah. him who has won a competition, which Griffin hasn't done himself. Yeah, that's right. You don't want someone possibly, who's more qualified uh, 
than yeah. working under you. You know, and if That's the team cool. doesn't go well, it's, you know, sort of, sorry, but we've got this guy. We're going to promote him now. We can. Look, yep. so throwing, it, throwing it out there, throwing it out there, if you're the dogs, would you look for some significant cash and say to a guy like Wayne Bennett, hey, if you want a year gig where, where, where you can consult us, we'll pay you a mozza. Is, is he worth that? Oh, of course he is. But I don't think that's going to happen because he wants to move back to Brisbane. And they've got Phil Gould there now um, as general manager of football, who, as yes. we know, he, he, it's more than that. He does more than that. He has his fingerprints all over the team. And that was one of the issues with, with the Panthers. Uh, it was, you know, Arvin Cleary came in and... Uh, out went Gould because clearly he wanted to be his own man. So um, I'd find it hard to, to think that that would, I think it would be a good solution for the Bulldogs, but um, I don't think it's going to happen because Bennett's only got a year and, and he's going to be looking to head up whatever new Brisbane franchise wins. They all want Bennett as the coach. So, um, while I think it will be a good fit, I don't think it's going to uh, work out that way for those reasons. Hmm. Yeah, look, there's, there's plenty to keep our eye on. And look, it's it's funny. Often the teams we talk about, um, you know, there's all this news happening. They're, they're trying to build for next year. We've got the teams that are still working towards winning a competition this year and then those teams that are building for next year. So, look, regardless of who you follow in rugby league, there's definitely... Uh, heaps to keep your eye on and heaps to um, stay across. One person who's always got his eye on something each week is Griffo. And uh, it's time to head over to the Chameleon for Griffo's Grab. Griffo's Grab! What's happening this week, buddy? Well, I've got one from left field this week uh, that no one's going to be expecting. And this guy literally came from left field uh, twice to pull off two of the best hits uh, that have taken place this year. I'm talking about the red and white, the red V, and the guy is Mika Ravalawa. Now, Ravalawa spent a lot of time on the sidelines, uh, suspended for some of his hits. But these two, he came from behind. Um, I only was able to watch the first half of that game and I saw, I think it was Ben Hampton, first of all, who was, um, I guess, maybe on his 20 or 30, um, but in clear space. But he, what he didn't see was from behind, coming across was Ravalawa, who um, literally, uh, well, he smashed him. And Ham Hampton didn't see him coming. He blindsided him. Hampton lost the ball. The Dragons got it and may, I think, have scored a try, if not in that set of six, then pretty soon after that. Later in that half, the Cowboys had what looked like a 100% guilt-edge try coming up. But again, out of nowhere, I don't, can't remember who had the ball in hand at the time, but out of nowhere, it comes Ravalawa and again from behind, absolutely smashed the ball who against the ball and the ball and was no try. Um, 
So I, in terms that that was the thing that most caught my eye. There, there was two tackles from Rabalawa. Um, so well done him. Mm. Special mention, however, must go to smashing baby <laughs> who smashed his way over <laughs> the two tries for the rabbitos for the first time in his career first double. A double um i've got to admit i only saw the first one live um and of course that was impressive i went uh to to uh do something in the kitchen maybe heat up some, or something uh, to eight, I came back and the score had changed. Souths were up by another six. On when I left, um, I didn't realize until later on that it was a double from Smashing Baby. Um, you saw, I saw whatever network I was watching, saw the halftime highlights tries, and they showed uh, Nichols going over twice. And I thought, is that a replay? You know, no, it wasn't a replay. He went over twice. Um, so uh, a special mention. Can't go past uh, uh, Griffo's grab without mentioning smashing, baby. Who, uh, so it was a week of twos. Two big tackles from uh, Ravalawa and two big tries from smashing, baby. He is a favorite on the podcast. and it, Of it course he funny. is. Rightly we so. love him. And do you know what? He's an absolute... Gem of a bloke, great player. Um, just to give people an insight, I had to laugh because um, my wife usually sits with me and watches the games, especially during lockdown. I think she feels sorry for me and she's uh, <laughs> she wants to keep me company whilst watching the footy. But, um, uh, you know, she, she, even on in our household... In, on the best screen in the Southern Hemisphere, I might that's, add. That's true. I have, I have indulged in the big screen, the, the projector at, uh, at uh, Graham's household here. But, uh, you know, I, I had to laugh. She said, oh, he's got two tonight. That's great. And I said, yeah, I said he's, um, he's got six ever. And she goes, what? So before tonight, he only had four. And I said, yes. So prior to that game, he had had four tries in uh, all of his uh, footballing career. He scored two of them the other night. Uh, his first try, I think, came in his run with the, uh, the Canberra Raiders. And for people that don't know a lot about Mark Nichols, um. He's from Wagga. I think his junior club was Leeton. I think he played for the Greenies there at Leeton. And then uh, Canberra signed him up. I think the Storm then snapped him up and he played a few games for the Storm around 2016, 2017. But since coming to South Sydney, he's really become a regular. Um, he's played 77 games for South. As I said, five of his six tries have come for South. Two of them were on the weekend. And this week he's captaining the squad. For someone who was a junior kangaroo in, you know, that 2009-2010 sort of era, now currently 31, Shano, it's it's a really good story for a rugby league player to show that um, perseverance and, um, I suppose, work ethic means more than than age and, and height. Well, they got two of them, um, you know, like... Um... Now, people talk, you know, you talk say the same about uh, Cody Walker and some of the guys. Mark Nichols was nothing but a cover signing for South Sydney. When, when he signed with South, the, the, they, gave, they gave his raps and they sort of said, oh, he's played at Melbourne. 
everyone associated with South knew that he was a depth signing. It was just a, a cover. He might play on the bench. Um, he'll play a few games here or there. Um, at the end of the day, you know, it, it's one of those signings where he'll be a fringe first grader, um, take, take it as it comes. And he's been a revelation. Like he's been one of he's been a player who, in my opinion, is their you know, like he's their most improved. Like he he's brought something to the game. He honestly what I love is is when you hear him talk about the opportunity at South, and it's not just because you know we have an allegiance to the club, but if if that if the guy had played anywhere else and he talked about him in that way, you really got your take your hat off to him because he really saw South Sydney as the last the last dig of his career. Someone who came with such didn't work at South, he he wouldn't have. Yeah, he's a cult hero. Someone who came with such promise as a junior. Um, this guy was going to be a uh, New South Wales, sure New South Wales, yeah, New South Wales Australian prop. Um, in his junior football, he really was touted as one of the next big things, and and, and it didn't really um, it didn't really come to pass. But he's now found his potential at a club that where he says he feels comfortable, he's happy with his role, he likes what he's doing, and and he's playing some fantastic football. The other thing he loves is he says there's players around him which are making him rise to the occasion. Like he he, he talk he doesn't talk about himself. He, Himself, he thanks people like Junior Totola for making him a better player, and and I think that's the hallmark of this guy. Who, you know, it's not about him. You know, whilst whilst we talk about, and I know I know South Sydney fans they, they love the guy. Where where everything's about this guy, it's for him. Nothing's about him. He's so humble, yeah. and and I think in some regard that was his downfall early in his career, where he should have taken more hit-ups and he should have looked for that early ball and he should have been the guy who got selfish in the ruck. And he wasn't like that, whereas now he's a bit older and a bit wiser. He knows his role and, and I think he... I think when he... I think I think when he was probably in his mid-20s, he'd look back at his career and go, what did I do wrong? I'm really happy that he's a guy who, at the end of his career, regardless of if he plays, you know, like regardless of how many finals games he plays or how many games he is a captain or whatnot, I think he can now be proud of that, of, of, of that, of that, um, of that career. And everyone should be proud of their career. But, but he, you know, when you look at what raps he came with and the team he played, you know, and the plays he played with as a junior, um, especially as Australian, you know, when you talk about schoolboys, he, mm. you know, when when you look at him now, you think he's a guy. And what I love is, and you know, you talk about South Sydney, and a lot of press has been made of Latrell Mitchell, who this week, who you know, love him, hate him, whatever. We'll it's, get to that. It's a, we'll get to that. But he's a good guy, and yeah, good guys deserve to get praise. Are and we? He's someone who's. He, he hasn't just put the red and green on and run out for South Sydney. He's been a part of the community. He's been a part of South Cares. He's done the community stuff. That's what's important. And I think that when you talk about people, 
that's the important that's the important thing. So he's he's got um, you know he he gets a lot of kudos from me not only because when he signed with South he was a cover signing, and yet he still did all the community things. He still did all the community stuff. He's front and center. He's going to schools. He's doing all the things that. That, that we are proud of as rugby league players. Um, well, I'm fans. a rugby league player, as a fan, sorry. And we're proud of our players in doing. Um, yeah, I, I think that's what, you know, when you, look at, when you look at a lot of the hype around hype, I think admiration. Like I, I was talking to one person a couple of weeks ago and they said, why does people love him? He's ordinary. He's an average player. You know, he wouldn't get a run for Penrith. He wouldn't get he's, a run for the Storm. He's a cult what, hero. What, what is it? What is it about are we, are we, this? Are we happy why, to label him people, as a cult hero? Yeah, why do people love him? And I think the thing is people love him because he knew that he was coming to South Sydney in a certain role. And rather than say, right, I'm going to jump on the field, I'm going to play and that's it, he, he immersed himself in the community. He's done so much good. He, he has so much belief in the players around him. The players say he's, um, he's, he's, his happiness and the way he approaches life is infectious. And, and he's done so much for the people uh, of the Redfin community that you think, well, you know, like... Do you want me to tell you why the, the guy, fans the guy love him, you know, It's not about... Oh, these people with him, oh. it's not about his rugby league. It's about his personality and who he is as a person i take my hat off to those people because those people mean more to our game than the superstars because they're the people who get the young kids playing rugby league who go i want to be like that guy because i think he's cool you know because he's happy to shake kids hands and stuff and i think it's a good thing i think that look i think he's an he's an enigma in that way do you want me to give you a bit of an insight as to why as a fan, especially of the club, people love him. I mean, yeah, we talked about his two tries. That's a great stat. But he's if you just even look from the weekend, 24 runs. A prop with 24 runs in 43 minutes. He goes looking for the ball. Now, not only did he take 24 runs, he made 245 metres. His post-contact metres were 94 he made two line breaks, which were obviously his tries. We've talked about this in the past. I'm happy to scratch that because he was given the ball into a gap. But the fact that he made yeah four tackle breaks, but even still, like little stats like you know play the ball speed. He's not a slow forward playing the ball. He's he's a bit of a cult hero. He's the type of player we love because when people look at him, you see a photo of the bloke, you go, oh he's yet. Like he's your average bloke. Like kids could look at him and go, "Oh shit, that's my dad." And the guy has, you know, he's had some great moments. Like I think the highlight of his career was probably on the weekend when he scored his couple of tries, and he probably had one of the best stats in the South Sydney um, team. Probably the low point of his of his uh, career was probably a couple of years ago when he was injured and he had to give out the membership prize at the. Uh, the South Sydney members draw, and there was a lunatic that uh, claimed first hey. prize, and uh, <laughs> that made him a fool of himself. But congratulations! I won, Graham. and I was very Good excited. Win. But that shows the club man he is. Look, 
we need a lot of blokes like him in the league. It just shows that um, that really sometimes your meat and potatoes players, um, they that they, they make the league. They really do. So I think it goes to show in a club, good players are one thing, but you need you need people, and and that's I, I know Craig Bellamy's big on that. Uh, I know um, yeah, Nathan Cleary's big on that, where, where it's like, it's not, okay, we can have a team of superstars, I don't care. We need a team of good people because mm. that, that fosters the relationship. If you want to build a family, it takes a community to do that yep. and you need good people to do that. And the minute there's a bad egg, they weed them out immediately. Yep. And, and, I think, and I think, you know, I know with Nathan Cleary, in hindsight, when he talks about the Tigers, a lot of what was doing his head in was that he just didn't get the support to say, I don't want that guy. He's a jerk. Oh, but he's one of our best players. I don't care. Look, I'm not saying that you can't have grub. Like, you need grub in a team. The only way you get you win a grand final is to have grub. But mm. you, you, it's, about, it's about building the family, about being good people. And I think, that, I think, that's, what, um, I think that's what, when you look at some of these clubs, you know, that's the good thing about them. Yeah, and, and 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 you get it across the board. I mean, you've got your. I mean, you look at certain players. Um, if we're looking at teams at the top of the ladder, um, you know, good blokes, influential players. You look at Panthers. You got your Fisher Harris. Uh, Brian Toto coming back for them was huge. I mean, we'll talk about that in a minute. He was the meters that guy makes is unbelievable, but. These are the type of players, too. You see things. I bring up Brian Toto. The reason I bring him up is because not only is he a great player and he's on the highlight reel and you see the stats are amazing, you also see things pop up on social media where everyone's saying he's a good bloke. They're sharing videos of him dancing. He's saying good day to everyone, high-fiving everyone. you you, you got to wonder that there's a bit of an argument there for being a top-quality uh Footballer, um, being a top quality person does have an influence. So good to see heard, good blokes going well. I heard on Toto, interesting you bring him up. He's the most in demand rugby league player on, on Swish. Now, Swish. I'll just is, to Google um, that, mate. It's one of these things where you can get a person to wish you happy birthday or happy uh, anniversary. Like the Cameo Delios. Yep. Yeah, but I believe it's all all the money goes to charity. Oh, okay. um, and I heard last night that, that he's he's number one uh, in terms of being asked for um, for, for that particular gig. Yeah, and can I add to that, Griff? I, I heard the same thing, and it's one, principally because he, he actually gives – he's one of the guys who gives a bucket load – like, it does go to charity, so therefore his fee is actually – a bit higher, but he's happy if you say, oh, look, we're struggling family during COVID. He'll do it for nothing, and he'll actually donate the money. Yeah, it's just, like, that's he, amazing. Isn't it? He's a good bloke. Like, and, and again, like, when good we're human. Good, good blokes, human. Brian Toto, yeah. from what I've heard, and, and the human being he is, he's another classic example of just great human beings playing football. We hear, now we're going to talk about Latrell Mitchell in a minute. He'd, he'd be a guy, but, you know, I mean, He'd be a you guy know. you think, gee, if my daughter ended up with that guy, I'd be pretty happy. Yeah. 
And that's what we want to see. We want to see good people. In a real place. Yeah. And the, at the end of the day, you, you can see there's a lot of players that have come through with a lot of talent. And um, look, they've been they've unfortunately made some mistakes. But I think what we're trying to highlight here is the majority, like like in society, the majority of blokes that are playing NRL, and when you look at the NRLW, the majority of women, the vast majority are good people doing the right thing. They love the game. They're good people. So I think we've got to celebrate that heading into the finals. And, you know, whilst sometimes you get good people wanting to go that extra mile for their team, sometimes, you know, whether you're a good person, you may get it wrong. And look, sometimes people do get it wrong. And those that get it wrong are often brought up in Graham's gaff. All right, so um, for those of you who have stuck with us for the first uh, hour and 12 minutes of the podcast, going, when the hell are they going to talk about Latrell Mitchell? Latrell's my gaff this week. Now, I don't need to explain to listeners what's going on. If you're a fan of Carpool Rugby League, you know what's going on. You've listened to all the commentary. You've listened to all the insights. There's nothing new I can tell you. All I basically want to say about this one is that we have a young man who plays the game on a knife edge, and there have been many players in the past that have done so. Um, And he was shutting down a try, went in for a big hit, he got it wrong. In this day and age, whether you mean to or not, I don't, look, I'll, I'll, I'll preface this right at the start. I'll say I don't think any player in the NRL goes out there to commit a um, an act of foul play and hurt a player. Anyone who's suggesting that Latrell Mitchell intentionally tried to knock Manu out, break his face, whatever. I think if you ask Latrell Mitchell, I don't think he intended to hurt his friend. Whatever. But at the end of the day, we live in a day and age, especially in 2021, where any contact to the head is dealt with severely. Um, and... My gaff this week is unfortunately Latrell Mitchell because when he went for the big play to shut the pass down and uh, shut down the play with Joe Manu, he made contact to the head with his shoulder. Uh, now, in saying that, um, he got 10 minutes in the bin. The NRL have come out afterwards, Graham Annesley, and said, look, we think that it should have been more than that. Uh, look, I don't want to get into a Henry Perinara chat because we'll go on for, for weeks. We've talked about him in previous weeks. He was actually stood down for the uh, the Parrot and Melbourne match. And we he talked was, about him last week, We Graham. talked about last week, yeah. We preempted it a bit. We did, so. actually. And, um, We've been saying yeah. it for ages. We are. How, how many times have we mentioned his name on this thing, saying he's not NRL standard? I think the thing is, and the thing that people, and the, the main thing I want to say is, Latrell Mitchell in the current climate made a mistake. Whilst it was not intentional, he deserves a punishment. He can't make contact with the head. And I, I really don't like this intent business, whatever. He made contact with the head. Um, it was aggressive. Yeah. You can't, it wasn't intentional. And what we need to understand is, I remember, I think I contacted you boys before the verdict was handed down. And I said, look, it's probably a, a four-week. Like For me, it was about a four-week suspension. He got six. The reason he got six, and I'm not going to go into the whole um, 
you know, explanation as to why. He he got a grade two reckless, which has a base point of 500. So that's five weeks. We know he's got carryover points. He had a four-week suspension earlier on in the year. He's got 675 points. So that means he's got a six-week suspension with 75 carryovers. So the thing that South Sydney need to remember and Latrell Mitchell going to next year, he's got big carryover points. He sneezes on a bloke. He's going to get a week. If he had a clean record with that same um, grading, he, he might have been looking at three or four weeks. Harry and Ira a few weeks ago was actually charged with a more serious offence when he tackled Jerome Hughes. That was a grade three reckless. But he had a completely clean record and he had a base of 600 points, which is six weeks. He got three weeks because of his good record. So basically what we're saying is Latrell Mitchell was charged with something that's worth about four or five weeks. He's got a bad record. He got six. Um, He is out for the year for South. It was um, a situation that, um, yeah, he he got it wrong. He got it wrong. And what I want to basically, look, anything that could be said about Latrell Mitchell has been said in the media over the past few weeks. Um, I'm not going to argue that the suspension, I've got no issues with the suspension. I think that um, him not playing football again this year is probably about right. But, uh, yeah, I, I just think it's one of those situations yeah. where we are now in a, a position where South Sydney won on the weekend. They beat the team at the time that came forth, that were coming forth convincingly, and uh, they're being written off. I want to ask Griffo because, um, obviously, the listeners are thinking, oh, Shane and Graham are South Sydney fans. I just want to throw to you, Griff, and just get your thoughts on it, um, the suspension, the, the situation, and, um, yeah, just, just a fan's thoughts who um, doesn't have a vested interest like myself, Shana. All right. First of all, I think he should not have seen any game time after that charge, of you know, that connection with, with Manu. He should have been sent from the field. Um, there was, uh, in my opinion, a mistake there. To give him 10 minutes for that uh, was a mistake. From what, what I can gather, that was largely down to Henry P. Now, he didn't want to say much about Henry P, and I won't go on too long, but I listened to last week's podcast, and we had... We had talk about Henry P. Um, I respect the guy as a rugby league man who's played at a high level. I, I think he might have represented the Kiwis as well as mm-hmm. playing for a number of clubs in the NRL. He was a pretty good player, Henry. He then wanted to put something back into the game and he became a referee. And again, I applaud him for that. Unfortunately... He wasn't very good at it. And he then stopped being a, a man with a whistle in the middle and went up to work in the bunker. And I was listening to something today so talking about him not being in good form. 
um, how can you not be in good form when you're watching a TV screen? Form doesn't come into it. He's just incompetent at that particular job. That is not a personal attack on his character. Because as I said, he seems like a lovely guy. He's a guy who obviously loves rugby league, as we all do. But time and again, his decision-making has been poor. And I'll leave it at that. Um, so my first, my first issue is Luttrell should not have stayed, should not have only had 10 minutes. He should have been off for the game. He came back onto the field and still very much hyped up. And look, he actually, in general, play, played well. He scored a try early, and then he did some damage to score his second try. And I think what upset a lot of neutrals, and certainly would have upset anyone connected with the Roosters, was the way he slammed the ball down right next to, I think it might have been Fletcher Baker, I'm not sure who the Roosters guy was on the ground. I, I personally didn't like that. Um, had he have hit Baker in the head and he was pretty close to doing that I think we would have seen absolute mayhem um, in that in that situation um, I didn't like that at all uh, he didn't do that when he scored his first try he just sort of threw the ball up into the crowd obviously you know you're happy when you score a try you're pumped up but uh that second try, I'm glad he didn't hit him in the face with it because that would have that would have created mayhem, um, more may. I mean, you know, there was drama. There was high mm. drama. I, I've not seen a guy like Manu, who, who obviously very early in the piece knew that he was badly injured and to come over and confront him no, we don't see that. We normally see teammates maybe do that, push and shove. But he got right in his face. These guys they, live they, together. They're good, they're good mates. mates. They are. And that was dramatic. Have we? But, so I'll, I'll just, I'll just finish. Sorry, Griffin. He was separated and then he came back a second time. And when he came back the second time, you could see that his face had changed in that space of however many seconds it was, and his face had blown up. Yeah, I've got something to say about that too. Yeah, well, you've you've got knowledge. <laughs> you've got knowledge. Of, the, of, I don't of know if you've seen whatnot. the footage. The, the um, I, I've got to give credit where credit's due because sometimes we look at his uh, Facebook site, we don't give him credit. The NRL physio. If you're on the um, if you're on Facebook and you follow the NRL physio. He had an awesome video this week of the moments after Joey Manu got up and prior to... Well, no, it was after the, the first stouch and then the second one. So the best way to describe this to the fans at home is Joey Manu had had the hit from Latrell Mitchell, which had clearly caused structural damage to the face. And the trainer... This is something I haven't seen a lot in the media is... Um, the talk about the trainer and 
I'm not going to call out the trainer and talk about his duty of care and all that sort of stuff. And I think he was a bit surprised by the result here. But there's footage on the... Um, have a look at it. We're giving him a big plug. The NRL physio. He's got footage of it. Where Joey Manu is asked by the trainer to hold his nose and and basically blow. And the problem there is, is what he's doing is he's building up pressure in the sinus region. And because his face had a facial fracture... As soon as he grabbed his nose and blew, the pressure and the air from his sinus passage had nowhere to escape because he's holding his nose, and it puffed his eyes straight up. It's unbelievable if you haven't seen it. Um, his face was buggered. If it wasn't, if his face wasn't fractured, if his orbital wasn't fractured prior to that, uh, he may have done further damage. And I'm not going to get into the whole. Um, Look, you don't blow your nose if you've got a facial fracture issue. Uh, that's I'm not going to question the integrity of the uh, the trainer there. And um, look, if you hold your nose, you blow, and nothing happens, you go, yeah, you don't have a fracture. But the uh, one out of 100 times where you do have a fracture, you could do a lot of damage, um, compressed nose, X, Y, Z. That's not my agenda here. But uh, it didn't look good after that. And... I think the concern here is that um, where a lot of people have come out and said that uh, the injury, the look wasn't good, and that's played a part in the outcome. Are we are we in a day and age where um, look? I know if he, people will say, look, you don't shoulder the bloke in the head; he doesn't. He doesn't have a bad injury, but because of the visual, the outcome, the uh, the resulting injury, do we think that's made a, a big impact in regards to what we're seeing in the backlash? I think no. so. I, I, I personally, look, he got six weeks at the end of the day. I think he probably got off two weeks light there. I think the incident, that's just my opinion. Like The I only think, way you get that much is if you're sent straight to the judiciary, if it's an intentional, were you saying that's intentional? Uh, look, I don't, I don't understand gradings and all that. I, don't, I just think, he got, I look he got at something. With grade two reckless. Okay. Well, I just look at something at face value. If you got charged with a grade three reckless, at 600 base points, which is six matches. That's what anything, I would have went with. Okay. So anything higher than that is an intentional yeah. um, occurrence. And you go straight reckless. to the judiciary. Is that what Haru and I remember that? Great. Yeah. Haru and I got great. Well, I would have went with that. Yeah. And then on top of that. Six. six yeah. Plus his loading that, probably would have been know, seven based weeks. On his, based on his prior record. I I think eight weeks would have been what I would think is reasonable. I'm not, you know, I'm not complaining. He got six weeks because when you look at it, three of those weeks potentially are, are finals games. Um, he made a very I bad so. error. Well, I th- <laughs> he made a very bad error, um, and you know. He's got to face the consequences. Now, 
the consequences should be related to rugby league, not as we've heard where the trolls get out of their little rock and start with their nonsense. Um, I'm totally against that. No one should be subjected to that, let alone their partners. That's just wrong. Some of the threats um, you're talking about. Oh, right? look, I, I, I can't say how strongly I feel about how wrong that is. Um, I don't understand humans treating other humans that way. It's just wrong and it's, it's bullshit, but it, it, obviously it's happened and that I feel for, I feel for um, his family and, and I, I feel for him himself in that respect, but he should have been punished rugby league wise. And he has been what I think should have happened. He should have came out not straight away necessarily, but once the heat had died down, he should have came public and made a statement on his thoughts on the matter, which to the best of my knowledge, he still hasn't done. Um, now, Latrell. At what point do you have to make a comment on your thoughts? Like where does well, Harry well, Nora think... didn't? No, he did. He did and he, he, published, he published a tweet. A oh, fucking tweet? Are you talking well, about a tweet or a media release? No, it was well, it was put out there. And he um, Latrell Mitchell did publicly announce yeah. his story for okay, what I'm not I'm I'm not disputing that shame. I just tweet haven't, is haven't heard the it. I haven't seen minimal it. of human contact. Like uh like, <laughs> like fair income. Like what do you is he Do you want him to Look, say sorry? Do you yes. want him to say he's stuffed yeah. up? Yes. He pleaded guilty. Is that not admitting yep. that he made well, a mistake? I'll say this, Graham. If he didn't plead guilty, he would have got nine weeks. That's why he pleaded guilty. Do you guilty. know what I reckon? I reckon... Will I finish the career of a player and he didn't say sorry? If Josh Mansell doesn't play anymore, yeah. Look, this is where... Look, I don't... The players don't owe us shit. They go out there... <laughs> they owe... 30 they owe, weeks... Uh, no. Joey Martin an apology. They... Uh, no, 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 but he doesn't owe me shit. He talked to Joey Manu. He's Joey Manu's mate. He talked to him. And if you don't believe that, then you don't understand how these kids work because they're kids. That's the thing to remember. He doesn't know me crap. He runs out there and everyone in the league, whether you're DWZ, Josh Mance or whoever, for 30 weeks of the year, the only reason we have this podcast is because those, bo those guys are putting their body on the line every week. Now, he got what he deserved. He served his punishment. He will serve his punishment. He's, look, where they have to make this public announcement, he's pleaded guilty. He did the wrong thing. He stuffed I, up I, massively. I, I say he pleaded guilty because he didn't want to cop nine weeks because there was no way he was going to beat that charge. Do you want to be honest with you? He should have gone for a downgrade. And that frustrates me because... You know what he'll the funny thing is? He'll two, two weeks next year where I reckon if he had gone for a downgrade, he could have gone down to a grade one reckless 
Or I would have even I would have even argued that it was a grade three careless. Which would have got him about a week or two lighter. Because reckless insinuates intent. Now that's my other problem with the judiciary. The where the NRL start to think, let's get inside the player's head and say, did they do it on purpose? There's no other sport on the planet where someone sits there with a crystal ball and tries to understand what's going on inside a player's head. Is six weeks about right? I agree. Because of his loading, yes. It's a four-week penalty with six weeks. Based on the current penalties and what you get, that's about right. Did he stuff up? He stuffed up majorly. Did he put South in a shit spot? Yeah, they're, they're buggered. Most punters are saying they're done now. I I don't know. Look, I... Gee, it's hard. Because, yeah, to say he owes the public an apology is... I don't know. I don't, I don't say he owes the public an apology, but what I would say is that if he did come out and apologise... That would have put a lot of uh, taken a lot of heat out of the situation. If we reported tonight that he sent Joey Martin, or he called yeah, Joey Martin and said, "Hey, mate," and apologised to him, are we happy then? I think that would help. Uh, no doubt that would help. If if so, I... who are we apologising to? The fans or the player that he made the indiscretion against? Well, to the player. But can, can I? Okay. Can in I, terms of what looks good now remember these guys get paid a lot they get paid a lot because it's in the public interest for people to watch the game to get pay tv subscriptions etc if there was no interest in rugby league they'd be playing for no money so no he does not owe the public an apology but what he needs, well, in my opinion, what he needed to do was to come out and show that he actually was remorseful for what mm. did it. cause a significant injury. Yep. Now, he I'm sure he's remorseful. I've got no doubt he is. But he's not seen to be at this point in time. Mm. The perception and, is he hasn't owned it. Well, perception is reality for a lot of cases, Grant. Now, mm. I've no doubt that he's very, very upset, not just because he's missing six weeks, but that, that, that he's been responsible for quite a significant injury to someone he's been close to, someone he lived with. Mm. Um, yeah, I'll so be great, mate. No, yeah, and I've got no doubt he is remorseful. But just show that. Just, you know, and let people know, look, I am sorry. Not, it's not a, no apology to the public, but just to let them know, okay, look, yeah, I, I made a mistake and, and I acknowledge that and I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry it happened. I didn't intend it. And I'm not saying he intended to hurt him, but what he intended to do was put his shoulder there and take him out. Um, which shut down the play. Well, you can shut down play in that way. Or you can shut down play with a legal call. You're coaching got... Latrell Mitchell. What do you what advice do you give him about the way he came in then? Make the tackle. Not make a hit. You know, um, look, 
he's he's now got to live with that in a football sense. That in a, he's like a Jack Hetherington now. That anything he does gets amplified, and he ends up with more and more time on the sideline. And I think these things hold for a couple of years. So for him to get back to a situation where he doesn't have loading, it's going to take him a few years. And he's cost his team. He's cost himself, but he's cost his team because he is one of the premium players in the whole game. I've got him up there with Tommy Turbo, with Nathan Cleary, as one of the three best players in the game. And he's demonstrated that this year, both South Sydney and from my perspective, importantly, New South Wales. Mm. He was only a frag behind Tommy Turbo, in my opinion. I thought he actually almost outpointed Turbo in, in the state of origin as the best player. Um, yeah, I had so, Teddy. It shows how much I know. I had Turbo about third. But yeah. Well, no, they're all up there. Oh, sorry, if I've, I've, left, I've left Teddy out of that conversation. He's up yeah. there. Okay. But this is, this is the quality that he brings to his team that they now don't have going into the finals. Can they still no, win the comp, Griffo? No, I don't believe so. Now, they might prove me wrong. They're, they're still a, good, a really good side. But you take out Latrell Mitchell from any team, including the Blues, and that side is nowhere as dangerous. This guy can single-handedly win your games, win your big games, not just against the Bulldogs or, 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 the, or the Broncos. He can win you a game against the Storm or the Panthers or the Eagles. He's that good. Hmm. And he's not there now. And that's for mine, and I, I, I'm saying this, I can't see the Rabbitohs winning the competition no. without him. A lot of punters struggled to see the Rabbitohs win the competition with him. Yeah, I on, disagree with those. I on, disagree with those. On the weekend, he got 10 in the bin. Um, look, we can't argue that a send-off... Look, if he got sent off, we couldn't argue. That was probably... The consensus is that the send-off was the, um, the appropriate uh, result. The NRL have come out and said that he should have been sent off. Um, they're pinning that decision on the Perinara stand-down. Um, Latrell Mitchell, Shano, goes off the field. South uh, 12, uh, they're up 24-12. They're, they're, um, they're a man down. Adam Reynolds comes back on the field. They score a try. They end up scoring another 30 points. Look, everyone knows that personally, Adam Reynolds is not only one of my favorites. I know the bloke, X, Y, Z. You can say what you want. Uh, look, are we looking sometimes at the fact that there are other players for South Sydney that could stand up. I think you know what I'm saying here. Mm. I don't want to write them off. I don't know if that's more, um, I don't know, my heart talking to my head. But uh, with 12 men on the field, uh, we looked ordinary. With 12 men and Adam Reynolds on the field, all of a sudden we kicked on. Yep. Uh, look, I was just listening to you guys. Um, Did you enjoy that? 
Uh, yeah, uh, it's interesting. <laughs> uh, I just want to add, I wasn't going to interrupt. You guys, were, it was goal. Uh, I just want to wait. I just wanted to weigh in on two things and then I'll answer your question, Gray. Uh, number one, I think, you know, I was one of those uh, salty South Sydney fans <laughs> who saw it happening and, and going, you know, and, and not, not because, not because salty because of the situation or who you're playing. Um, but, you know, you do see your premiership sort of, sort of, or not go down the gurgler, but made a lot harder. You know, last year, had he played for South Sydney, who knows what could have happened. Um, well, it also, fr- it also frustrates me, Graham. It also frustrates me that, you know, there's people out there in media land that, you know, are cheering that their, their, their team's jobs now made a hell of a lot easier because a player is off the field. Um, that says more about your team and the lack of confidence you have in your team than it does in, in another team requiring someone losing a player. I, I would not want to see uh, Brandon Smith not play for the Melbourne Storm. I would not want to see Cleary not play for Penrith. I would not want to see Trebojevic not play for Manly. You know, like when my team plays another team, I want them to be full strength and I want the two teams to have the best opportunity of winning. Um, the other frustrating thing I think that's come out of it is that, um, you know, yeah, I, I, I'm frustrated by what he did. I think it was silly, um, at where they were in the competition, at where the points were, at what the time left was, um, it was unnecessary and, and why he did it. That's, it's only him and God knows. Um, and I'm not going to question him because you know what, this is what it leads me to my next point. When Latrell Mitchell plays for anyone else but his club, which is usually New South Wales and Australia, and he plays like a superstar, he's the world's biggest hero. And then all of a sudden, when he puts one on another team, he's the world's biggest a-hole. And it's I, I fear for this young man's mental health. Like you saw it at you saw it when he played at um at the Roosters. You know the guy. The guy was the leading point scorer for, for the Roosters, and yet everyone was questioning how good he was. I'm not here to say whether I think but the, the, what he got is what he got. I, I think it was probably a frag on the light side. You know, I'm amazed he didn't get sent off. The funny thing is, had he got sent off, you wonder what if it would have stayed that way. He's not playing finals football. It's, it's game over. I'm more worried about the fact that he's a guy who's actually reached out to Manu. Um, he doesn't have to publicly say that to me or anyone. Um, he doesn't know I think shit, mate. I think the person that fueled this is uh, Trent Robinson, and that's why 40, he's 40 I'll, grand in the hole. I'll talk about that in a um, minute because he was... He the was biggest thing day. I've got for him, for him, and, and, and where I suppose, as a South Sydney fan, I'll move on. I've seen them play like rubbish. I've seen us come last. I've seen us come first. I don't care. Like, at the end of the day, I'd love my team to win. And if we don't win, it's a game of rugby league. I've got a family. I've got a job. I've got a whole heap of other things in my world that move on. I'm not going to go into the corner in the fetal position because South Sydney did or didn't do something. What I fear for this guy is, is the vitriol that's come out 
and a pure assumption by people who have no idea that he has to live with. That's what that's what annoys me. What he did was silly, and it happens on the football field. You know, like like whether you get six weeks or a fifteen hundred dollar fine, you're guilty of something. Now, he ended the season of another player. He that's who's his best mate. Mate, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to sit here and start start um, start standing on my pulpit. And say what Latrell Mitchell, thou shalt, thou shalt not. Mate, he's got to talk to his best mate about that, which he has done. And whose best mate has come out, family has come out and said, hey, can you guys lay off? Because we've actually talked to Latrell and we're actually really concerned for this kid. I think that speaks more volumes than anything that's happened in this whole situation. Why isn't that getting foremost and mentioned? Because it's not selling front page news, Graham. And just let me finish. Let me finish. This guy's not going to play South for the rest of the year. South Sydney as a team is going to move on. South Sydney fans have to move on. You know, other other fans of other clubs that go that are cheering that they're not playing the South Sydney side without Latrell Mitchell. Okay, good on you. Like you know, if you if you need an injury to win a game, well, you know that, that speaks more about you as a fan and the belief you have in your football side than it does about anything else. Are South Sydney fans frustrated? Yeah, they will be frustrated. Are South Sydney fans disappointed? Yeah, they will be disappointed. At the end of the day. They have a game next week. They'll have a game the week after, and they'll have a game the week after that. What you've only got one shot at is your mental health. And I think in all of this, in everything that's being said, people make mistakes. People make really dumb decisions. And, and it puts them in hospital, and, and, a, and, a, and a, it, it, it causes them long-term injury. And we see it. I think what the key thing for me regarding Latrell Mitchell is, is you can talk about the grub, you can talk about who he is, you can talk about he's like this, oh, I don't like him. The thing that shits me is that the people that say they don't like him are the same people jumping out of the chair, punching the air when the guy scores a try with a Blues jersey on. Now, I applaud the people who would sit in their chair and go, you know what, whether he plays for us or not, I don't care. The thing is, right now, the act's done. He's got his weeks. He's got his punishment. He's serving that punishment. Whether he fights it or not, whether he was going to or not. Look, there's a lawyer that come out during the week and said, I could have got him downgrade because Manu was falling. I, I, I don't know whether he could have or could have. I don't care. The, no, Latrell Mitchell's 190 centimetres tall. You'd have to be falling a fair bit. The thing for me is now you've got to talk about the human. And the shitty thing is, is I haven't heard one, one person in any of these discussions start to talk about the person. And you know what? If you jump up every time he takes an intercept, if you jump up every time he makes a tackle, if you jump up every time he scores a try, if you fist pump every time he wins your game, you have a moral obligation as a human, an ethical obligation as a human, 
to care for the human. And right now, I dare say that young man's world has crushed around him. Mm. Now, you can talk about me as a South Sydney fan and say, what's my world like? Yeah, I was, I was salty as because I saw the premiership go, fall before our eyes. You know what? We're going to field the side next week and that's going to take on Penrith. And it's up to Penrith to beat South Sydney. It's up to South Sydney to beat Penrith. Regardless of the outcome, it's rugby league. The human is sacrosanct over the game. And that's the thing. We, whilst, whilst, whilst you can talk about rugby league as a religion, where if they didn't have any followers, the religion wouldn't exist. Likewise, if we didn't have these people to follow, we wouldn't have a game. And we saw it last year when the game was held and halted because of COVID. I would have thought the rugby league community would have a bit more gratitude in its heart for what they saw. Because although he crushed, yeah, okay, he caused some serious damage. And, and their mates, they sort that out. That's not for me to, to, to whinge about the damage. It is what it is. Their mates that have to sort that out. I thought the rugby league community would have a bit more gratitude rather than the vitriol I saw from sadly 98% of the people I've spoken to about this and no one's talked about the human. Just, just before we... Like, That's a sad thing. That's a sad community at rugby league. You've got to pull your socks just, up because you're all buggered. Just before we move on, like, you know, just, just to, um, you know, not, not, not to stay up there, Shane, like a lot of people say, oh, you're getting a lot of money, you've got to be more resilient. I want to throw to Griffo because a lot of people are coming out and saying, look, it was a grub act, he meant to do it, all this sort of stuff. One of the interesting comments that I haven't seen um, a lot of um, traction for, I suppose, in the media this week was Scott Sattler, which is a Penrith legend, and I know Griffo will appreciate that. He was on the radio the other day, and I actually heard him talking about Latrell Mitchell. And it was interesting because he was talking not from the point of view of a previous player, but of the son of a previous player. And he said, look, he said, I don't know what they've got to do with Latrell. Do they have to make him captain? Do they need to give him some sort of other responsibility? Do they need to give him some role? Because he said, basically he said, when his old man was playing for South, Clive Churchill said to him, mate, you got to get this rubbish out of your game. Everyone thinks you're a bit of a thug. I'm going to make you the captain. I need something else to focus on. Like, is Latrell, like, what we've got to remember, he's still a young bloke. I mean, like, I don't know. Where do we, where do we move forward here? Where do we move forward? Well, it's going to be 2022, Graham. Because um, he's out for this year and in the first few games next year, depending on how far South go this year. Um, what I will say, I've got no doubt whatsoever, is that the media, when he does come back, and particularly... You know, do the NRL go down the route of putting the Roosters v. Rabbitohs game on 
when Latrell comes back to, to you know, get interest in the game. Um, That's very good. Like You know it's rigged in. Well... I wish they had video now because I just made a sign then and... Yeah, yeah, I think it'll happen, oh, Graham. Yeah. I think that's what'll but happen. That's the bullshit that we're feeding into where it's entertainment. Because do you know what? At the end of the day, out of that game the other night, no one said, geez, South's the third. They won by 40-something. It was like... I agree with that, Graham. It's no one was fucking talking entertainment. About that's win. the shit thing. It's no professional wrestling. Anyone that puts 12. crap on professional wrestling as a fan... This might as well be because it's entertainment and it's sports secondary. Anyway, go on, Griff. Rugby league, rugby league is a drama, Ugh. and it feeds on it. And rightly or wrongly, it brings the money in. And it, and and I'll I'll make a point here away from the whole Latrell thing, but when State of Origin is coming up. What do you see promoting that game? The the fights. Exactly. Yeah. And, and they're then not they... allowed in the game. Exactly, because it sells. It sells. And and I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's probably no. wrong. But, but it's, it's, it's what it's business. ratings, it's inter- it, exactly. at the end of the day, we're the audience. Without us, exactly. there's nothing. Shane said that. It, it's like a boxing match. The the, the boxers in the lead up will come out and trash talk. And why do they do it? Not because they hate the other guy, just because they want to get the attention. Because the more attention, the more publicity, the more money. And that's that's not a rugby league thing. It's, it's, it's a societal thing, um, rightly or wrongly. If we're talking about money and we're talking about rugby league, we've got to talk about Trent Robinson. And I know uh, that... We- yes. Look, our, our our number one fan, Graham, on Carpool Rugby League. You might want to explain to the listeners why. Who's that? Because he talked about the clown mu, the circus. Oh, that's music. right. He he did. He that talked is... about. He listens to <laughs> yeah. us. I he listens to us. That yeah. was a great Carpool Rugby League reference. We we he know that did. Trent Robinson he now knew it was a gaff. He had the circus we music, all know. that sort of thing. We He's know Trent Robertson's a fan. Number one listener. He said that Hi, the Trent. bunker are there. He said he talked about Perinari, he talked about the bunker, he said the clown music's playing. And straight away I thought, geez, he listens to Carpool Rugby League. Absolutely. He does. He listened um, last week when we talked about Henry P at length. Can I I just want to throw something he goes, out there. Here we go, Henry P, another Jeff for Graham. <laughs> well, here's what I want you guys to talk. We're going to talk about next week's games in a moment, but just before, we've got to talk about this because we know that there have been fines. I have no doubt that prior to that press conference, he sat there and he talked to whoever it is he needed to get approval Uncle from Nick. and said, yeah, it would have been Nick Politis. He would have said, I'm going to say this. Are we happy to pay the fine? They would have said yes. Now, um, look, this is just based on the feedback we're getting this week. Uh, This is just one listener who sent this in for for us and said that um, I know a lot of people are saying that Trent Robinson got fined for saying what we were all thinking. However, this listener feels as though that's not true. He feels as though he was fined for saying that the rest target 
and turn a blind eye when things happen to the Roosters. And he mentioned that. He said, when Roosters players go down, this happens. Is it one of those situations where we all agree that it's boo-hoo shit happens to every team? Because if we're really going to get down to the nitty-gritty, we've probably got 14, 15 coaches who could get out there every week and say, hey, the bunkers buggered us over, the referees have buggered us over. I don't think this is a thing against the Roosters. I don't think it's a thing against Penrith, South, Broncos, Titans, Knights, Warriors, whoever you follow. I I don't think this is targeted towards one team. I think this is more a case of the bunker just getting it wrong and everyone's... The, the losers are the teams and the fans. There's no winners here. Um, um, well, go, Shane, go. No, sorry, I was just going to say, what... To a club like the Roosters and to a guy like Trent Robinson, and when you talk about Uncle Nick, what's it worth to divert attention away from you? That's exactly... 40 grand's a pretty got, good investment. They got and belted. And I think they got, absolute, they got outplayed. They got belted. Hang on. South Sydney were the best club last South, week. South win by 40-something points. Of a doubt. And the, the talk is, is this, they can't win the comp. The thing is this. Yeah, well, without Latrell, it makes it a lot more difficult. They can still win. The thing is this. He needed to divert attention away from from what just happened. That's which why he's was, a good coach. They, they got absolutely annihilated. There, there is the other thing is do the math and do the sums. This team's probably going to play each other again. So the last thing you want to do is field a series of uh, of of questions about your inadequacies when you could just get on the front foot, talk about uh, uh, talk about what happened, talk about the inadequacies of everyone else around you. Rant for long enough that no questions can be asked. Get up and walk away. I like what I like what um, Wayne Bennett said when they said he arresting players next week, and he said, "Well, you know, the judiciary is going to take care of some of that for us." Like he, he knew. Um, I just think, look, there's a part of me. There's a part of me that said, "There's a part of me on Friday that said." I wouldn't care if Trent Robinson didn't get um, didn't get uh, fined because there are two clubs going at it. They're going to play finals football. The problem is it shows how precious the rugby league is that in the grand scheme of things, he was a frustrated coach who just saw his best, one of his best players, a linchpin of this side. The only, you know, like we're talking about South Sydney being buggered. The Roosters are without Joey Manu. That's massive. They've got, That's they've huge. got 20 players out, That's mate. They would have won the comp if they had a full strength team. On top of the year they've had. But Robinson's echoing what we talk, said three days earlier before guy, the performance. When I heard this guy talk, I heard a man of frustration who who needed to vent. Now, okay, whether the press conference is the place to vent or not, I don't know. But in the grand scheme of things, he got hit with the full like you know, talk about the Troll Mitchell, he got hit with the full tilt of the law. The thing the thing with 
with Trent Robinson is, and the thing that frustrates me, tell me one thing he said in that press conference which was wrong. I, look, as I said, you know, like, and I know West... we talk about sticky. You know, when sticky brings stuff up. There are times where I've seen ten thousand dollar fines go to rep, go to coaches. The, no, I'll be on. Who, I'll be who go to bed at night? Who go to bed at night and go? You know what? The one... Now that the dust has settled, now that everything's laid before us, I I probably shouldn't have said that. The, the one thing I think you said right. wrong. Do I tell you the one thing you said wrong? Yeah. Is um, he did say it. It was very clearly implied. But the one thing he said wrong was the fact that these decisions were being made. He, he he basically made out that because... He basically made out that the Roosters were being hard done by. He basically made out that um, these calls were being made because they're the Roosters. It was only his team that was being hard done by. I disagree with that because I reckon that the video ref, the bunker, even the ref on the field, the NRL, they're they're buggering more than just the Roosters each week. I think there were a lot yeah, of teams okay. that can cry. If that was the only out. thing he'd said, if that was the only thing he said, he wouldn't have got fined. No, I don't think he effectively yeah. said that each week there are issues and uh, Roosters players are being disadvantaged. I don't know. If, mm. I, I, I think that I agree with Trent Robinson in the fact that there are a lot of players who are being disadvantaged and the game's being impacted by the bunker. Where I disagree with Trent Robinson is that it's just the Roosters, Griffo. You know, yeah, can I, I just add... Can I just finish what I was going to say? Sorry. I was just going to say this last bit. That's yours, Griffo. My apologies. Um, we, we expect the players in a rugby league competition to make split decisions regarding a game that they've played their whole life. No, no, they've got they've got kinesthetic sense, right? That you know, when when, when Tedesco gets the ball, he does stuff before he knows he's doing it. You just we then ask... Layman's call it muscle memory, you, but it's... Yeah. We're, we then ask you, and I'm not talking about muscle memory. This, that's Thank not you point. for the translation. Kinesthetic sense means you're doing it without even... It's, yeah, it's from feel. You're not yeah, that's, I know exactly what it means. Let I'm going to get on to the my listeners. point. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I had the, an idea, but I wasn't 100% sure. Thank the you. The thing is, we're then asking coaches to talk at the same pace, straight after a game, when everything's raw, when everything's when everything's still, you know, when, when their heart rate must be still through the roof and the adrenaline's still pumping, we sit them in front of a series of of of, of media personnel and say, "Hey, here you go, answer this for me." And we're expecting them to calm down. We're expecting them to cool themselves. We're expecting them to do all this stuff. We're asking the impossible. We're five days removed from Friday night footy. We can't do it. We're asking the impossible from humans. And when they do do it, 99% of the times, with the utmost respect and with with, um, professionalism, I don't think Trad Robinson should have been hung out to dry. Okay, in the media has... He deserved the fine, but he knew what he was doing. You know what? He was making a point. Yeah, he was he... making a point. 
And, and at the end of the day, it's a fine, but it was a he, calculated. He's a coach. He knew he's a that coach. what he was doing. He's a coach that has to now comprehend the fact that he doesn't have a key playmaker in his side due to foul play. Is that, mate, round two, they lost Luke Keary. The, the thing know, is, what I'm saying is this on the football field, when someone lashes out and pushes another player, it's, oh, well, you know, there's just a bit of a fracker. You know, the tensions are running high. Why can't the coaches have tension? Why do we expect the, the people on the field to have all this stuff happen and kind of sit sense and know things that are happening? Yet when, when a coach sits in the, in the seat in front of a series of, of media personnel, when their emotions are still raw, when their blood pressure is going through the roof, we expect them to be cool, calm, collected, not say anything. Are you I happy with the fine? Yet, yet again, Are you happy with the I fine? Think it's 40 Do you think grand he should have got fined? Any fine. 10 grand for having to go at the refs. I, I think if he'd gotten 10 grand, I would have been happy. But yeah. even even at that point, I I don't think my problem with the fine system is they're fining coaches to protect referees. That's fine if the coach is wrong. If the coach isn't wrong, it's opinion. If the coach isn't wrong, well, you get three people on here. Two might you know think what? he's right. Two a player might think, on the field, think he's wrong. A, a player on the field doesn't get a ten grand fine for questioning the referee's opinion when he goes when he goes when he does a captain's challenge. You get ten minutes if you're Dan Gagai. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Like, uh, like look, effectively, if I sit in the coach's seat and say that's not a knock on, that's a ten grand fine. Yeah, if I'm on the field and say that's not a knock on, I want to challenge it. But what do you gain if right. you go into a press conference and say that one call wasn't a knock on? What Trent Robinson did wasn't question one call. He in he questioned the integrity of the referees. He said that the Roosters get different treatment to the rest of the NRL. That's what he got. I don't for. think he said that verbatim. Not verbatim. Was it implied? We're not idiots. No, was it implied? No, don't start. No, no. You see, this is the thing. Was it was a tackle intentional? Yeah, that's the same well, shit. I, if a, if a bloke tries to kick a ball on the field and he didn't rubbish. mean to kick it, they're doing that. That's what I'm saying. He, it's rubbish. He questioned the integrity of the referees. I, I, believe, I believe that his frustration, and I can understand it for the reasons that Shane's outlined, uh, and Graham, he's lost, he's lost one of his key players to an illegal act. Um, But it's not the first time this year where an illegal act on one of or two of his players in the same game was not adequately dealt with. And I go back to the game at uh, Banquest Stadium when they played against the Parramatta Eels and we saw the knees into the... uh, the ribs of uh, Drew Hutchison, who was taken away to hospital with a collapsed lung and several broken ribs. And uh, the player who dropped the knees and caused that injury from memory, nothing was done on the field. Nothing. He didn't even get 10 minutes talking about Dylan Brown. And in the same game and in a similar part of the field, I can't remember. I think it might have been um, um, uh, Marat and Nakora, Nakora, one of those guys, one of the Nakori brothers, um, 
flattened Tedesco and got 10 minutes. Now, I thought that time that both of those players should have been sent from the field and Parra should have had 11 players. What it led to was the so-called crackdown, which was in the next weekend yeah. in Magic Round. Yeah. Now, the Roosters got nothing out of that that night. Nothing at all. They had Hutchison hospitalized. Was the only thing Roosters for... got was a $10,000 suspended fine for Robinson's comments. Yeah. Now, this is why I, I understand his complete frustration. Um, I don't think he, he said the Roosters were the only team, but he certainly did imply that because they were the Roosters, they were treated differently, um, which I disagree with. I do pretty much agree with everything else he said. Yeah. Um, they have been on the end, the wrong end of some very bad decisions in relation to illegal play where their players have been seriously injured. Um, and, you know, he obviously got the green light from, uh, I would dare say, Uncle Nick to, um, to unleash. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't have expected anything less, to be honest. Um, $40,000 in rugby league terms doesn't sound like a lot of money. Um, to you, to me, if we got $40,000, <laughs> it's crippling. Seriously. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, in, in relation to a club like the Roosters, I don't think it's coming out of Trent Robinson's wallet, the forty grand. Um, but in terms of an NRL fine, it's quite significant. And they were obviously willing to cop the fine in that case. Um, I might be wrong, but I don't think there was one question from the media about the scoreline. And I know, Graham, this is something that has obviously irked you, is that in all of the drama, South yeah. Sydney 54, Sydney Roosters 12, mm. has not rated a mention. No. Now, I will say... 0.3 of a second of the game has I, I will made say that, talk. you know, that the Roosters... Look, it was near a reserve-grade side. Um, near. Not quite. Um, we talked about it in last week's podcast, how, how they, you know, were really struggling to, to get... They couldn't even name 21 players. Um mm. But what we didn't know at the time was that Jared Weir Hargreaves did not take, was not going to take the field. He was listed, didn't play. Then they lose Manu. Um, so it was really, you know, yes, they had a couple of, obviously Tedesco, but in terms of what would have been their top 13 slash 17, it was a minimal representation. Yeah, when you go back so, to the side that went down by six to the Panthers a few weeks ago, you're losing, you know, Crichton, Radley, Hargraves, there's some big names missing, yeah. so you can't compare. No. Um, they had some players out there who are not NRL standard. Um, the substitute winger, um, I won't name him, but he's not of NRL standard. Um I think he's played for the Bulldogs and he's might have played for the Warriors. And, you know, look, to his credit, he's out there as an NRL player, but he's not of the standard. Um, if he was South, a road, he'd be 
associated with the Beatles. He was he was targeted by the Rabbitohs and 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 rightly so. Um, but I, I don't want to lay the boot into the guys they did have out there, but they were very much a substandard team. Um, and the Rabbitohs once and, and it was critical um, that Reynolds, when he came back on, their fortunes turned around. Um, the Roosters were starting to get back into the game. Uh, Rabbitohs got off to a you know a big lead. Um, and the Roosters looked like it was going to be a tough night. Then Luttrell goes. Reynolds is being, uh, you know, rested or maybe had a slight injury. But then the Roosters score again. And and um, the game was back in the balance at 24-12. Um, but then, you know, South throw on the general. And, uh, and then it was an avalanche of points. They were by far, obviously, the better football side. But... Um, you know, yes, that was lost. To be honest, the, the Roosters were, were only a shadow of 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 the team that, that you know that they could put on the field. So um, I understand Robinson's frustration. It wasn't just a matter of of the Latrell slash Joey Manu incident. It was bringing up what had happened earlier on. Um, with with the Parramatta game, yeah, and look, there's as we say, we can talk about a lot of these things. Um, I love the fact that you know we're passionate about it. A lot of fans that have gone in contact with us throughout the week, they've been very passionate about it. Regardless of your opinion, I love the fact that people are really enthused by the fact that we've got a lot of rugby league to uh, happen in the rest of the year. And really, what every team and every fan, every coach. Regardless of whether you get a final or not, they're heading towards the finals. They want to have a good showing heading into the finals. And it all really starts this week with uh, round 25 of the Premiership. We just talked about the Roosters in depth. Um, Look, they're going to come up against the Raiders. Technically, it's a Raiders home game. It means nothing because they're going to be playing up in Mackay. So the Raiders playing for a top eight position. The Roosters, they've got a top four position to play for. So in regards to the team news, we've got the Canberra Raiders with Charles Nickel Clockstar moving to fullback. He's starting for the first time at fullback since his return from injury, so he'll be slotting into a familiar position. Bailey Simonson's out with a groin injury, so we're going to see Rapana move back there into the wing position with Soliola named at lock. Sutton is going to be benched. For the Sydney Roosters... Massive in for them. We've talked about how many outs they've had. Great news for Roosters fans. They'll be excited to see Crichton return for suspension in the back row. Um, Josh Morris and Adam Kieran also back. Uh, that's massive news for them. And Jared Rhea Hargraves also back in the side. So uh, a lot of players back in for the Roosters. Lamb is listed at halfback. Walker benched. Baker is out suspended, and Butcher drops to the bench white out of the 17. So if we're looking at the finals equation here for Canberra, they need a win. A loss of any kind is pretty much season over. Look, they're looking at for and against then with the Titans and Warriors. A win, still no guarantee of 8th place with Cronulla looking for a victory. If Cronulla somehow come up with an upset, they'll end Canberra's season. 
for the Raiders, realistically, in this game, we're looking at the possibility of them finishing 8th, 9th, and 10th. Roosters have players back, Griffo. Are the Raiders... Um, look, uh, 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 do they have enough to play for to knock off the Roosters here who are down on trips, as we've talked about in the podcast? Yeah, absolutely, Graham. Um, looking through the teams, the Roosters are actually fielding from 1 to 17 a better a better squad this week, taking into account that a, a key strike weapon in, in Manu was out. But their forwards certainly look better. Um, we're Rhea Hargreaves, Crichton uh, in, as you mentioned. Um, but for mine, I think they're going to struggle for points, the Roosters. Um, Kieran will improve the, the if they can score tries, he's going to be more likely to, to, to add the two, which is a bonus. Josh Morris announced his retirement during the week. Um, he's not been in, at his best for quite some time. I know he's had injuries and whatnot, but before he um, was out injured, I think he even might have been dropped at one stage slash rested. But um, Canberra have everything. Their season's on the line. Um, they've got back into some form. While I'm not convinced they're going to trouble too many top eight sides with with their squad that they've got now. And I'm saying that mainly because they don't have a, a recognised number seven. There's quality in that side. Nickel Clockstar back in the side mm. you know, at the start is a bonus. He's a match winner. I will tip the Raiders because it's more important to the Raiders to win this game than it is to the Sydney Roosters. It's a big call, big big tip there from Griffo Show. I know with the Raiders getting up, um, obviously the Roosters have a top eight position sealed. But um, look, for, from the Roosters' point of view, they'll want to finish fourth to get that second bite of the cherry. Uh, a few players coming back. What do you think of the Roosters this week? Yeah, look, um, they have a far better side than what they fielded uh, last week. So they've they've got they've got a you know the roosters the roosters side this week looks looks a lot more polished than what last week's uh, does. <sighs> My biggest problem is um, for for the roosters is the six and seven this week in Hutchinson Lamb. Mm. Um, I, I I really think they lacked direction last week around around the field. No wonder that's why Sam Walker's in at fourteen. There are a few people that they've got on an extended bench. Uh, you know, I just look at this team. I, I look. I, I'm not going to add any more. I'm with Griff. Yeah, I'm with Griffo on this one. Um, I, I think the Raiders have more to play for, and I question whether what we see one to seventeen is actually going to be the the team to take the park. In the knowledge that, look, in all honesty, they could win. And the win would put them. Um, the win would put them to thirty-four uh, points. They've got the worst for and against out of the Eels and the Seagulls. And considering that the Eels uh, play the Panthers, so you know that's that. that there's a, there's an in there. Seagulls play the Cowboys. Um, I, I think Robinson is a far smarter coach than 
then let's throw all our eggs in the coming fourth basket. Um, there's no point in winning and then relying on other results. I think they will succumb to the fact that they will finish in the bottom eight and they might even rest a few. So I'm picking the Raiders along with everything Griffo said. Wow. I'm going to disagree with you, fellas. I'm thinking that uh, the Roosters out of these two teams are the strongest side. Um, look, from what we're hearing, Morris and Nikavalu have been uh, training well this week. Um, Warrior Hargreaves has been training well. Uh, Kieran's expected to play. Look, even after that tackle that Liam Knight got suspended for, Takiaho seems to be good to go. The Roosters have won five of the last seven games against the Raiders. They've got a good record. I just think even, yeah, I, I, I like the Roosters in this one. I think that um, they'll want fourth spot. I know a lot of people have been saying, oh, geez, you know, where do you want to finish? You want to you want to win. You want to finish well. Um, look, they are banking on basically a Seagulls loss to get that fourth spot. But I, I think the Roosters are the team to... To back in this one, and um, I think they'd I be think happy with stronger. fifth, Graham. To be honest, to come up against yeah. the Sharks as opposed to come up against the Knights. It's it's sort of one of those situations where, yeah, and if you come fourth, you got to play the Storm, and oh, they're not coming fourth. Yeah. Manly's going to smash the Cowboys. Yeah, so they're not coming fourth. That fifth position's really the uh, the ticket you want, and um, I, I think they they've got enough to beat Canberra, and really. You know, without starting another conversation, fellas, we could we could do another two-hour podcast about the disappointment that has been Canberra this year. But I think in this one, um, I, I think the Roosters end their season. It was the grand final two years ago. Two years ago, the grand final. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Canberra really have been on the slide. It's the uh, it's a big change, and look. One team that won't want to be on the slide this week are the Sharks. Uh, we look at their table position. They are currently 8th position. The Raiders winning. If you boys are right and the Raiders win, that could put a lot of pressure on the Sharks. And um, look, a lot of punters will struggle to tip them against the Storm this weekend. When we look at changes from the um, the last round, Moylan's going to start in the halves with Met- Metcalf benched. Um, the Storm. Give us a moment here, fellas. We've got uh, Jesse Bromwich suspension, which sees Asafa Salamina in a prop. Kama Kamika is the other prop. Kama Chameleon is back. Yes. Uh, Welsh is rested. George Jennings reser- uh, returns from injury. Um, he had that injury a couple of weeks ago. Josh had a car's hamstring injury, rules him out this week. That's one to keep an eye on for the, um, for the Storm. Um, because he was challenging for the top try scorers. He won't get that now that he is out. The way they are named, Hines is going to start at six with Munster rested. Fanukan returns at lock with Grant benched. Uh, Smith is back at hooker. Kafusi and Kenny Bromwich are also rested with Lewis and Penne into the side. Grant and Jax onto the bench. So, look, we know in regards to the final equation in this one, that a storm win will definitely guarantee them the minor premiership. Um, you lose, it comes down to what Penrith do against Parramatta. So that'll be definitely something to watch if the storm do go down. Uh, that'll be a, a big night of footy 
uh, Storm fans watching Penrith and Parramatta. Cronulla, really, they're in the box seat for eighth place. Um, if they don't have to, you know, cover differential given the Canberra result, um, a win realistically could just put them in eighth. If they lose, obviously, it, the hopes rest on what Canberra does the night before, and the Titans would have to win by a bit. So, given the fact that the Titans, can, uh, the Sharks, could win anywhere between eighth uh, and tenth, um, even if they lose respectively, they can still hold their spot. Storm are going to obviously be favourites going to this one, Griffo. Yeah. I'm- I know the Storm are resting a lot of players, but looking through that lineup there, they've got a lot of key attacking players still, like Sir Papenhuisen, uh, Justin Olam, Nicole Hines playing in the six, Jerome Hughes, Brandon Smith, Harry Grant. All of those guys are key attacking weapons. The Sharks were impressive. I like. I think Matt Moylan had his best defensive game I've ever seen him play last week. Um, I was really impressed with what he did in defence. He was also good in attack. Uh, him and Trindle um, developed quite a combination. We know the Sharks have got points in them, but they're an erratic team. You, you can't bank on them. Um, you can bank on the Storm. And uh, for that reason... I know, as I said, they've got a lot of good guys out the storm. It's big Nelsons. He hasn't played for five or six weeks. Um, Tom Eisenhuth, I noticed, did he get injured last week? Uh, he doesn't come into calculations when people talk about the guys they're resting, but he is out. He was there last week. I think he might have copped an injury during the game. He's a reliable. Uh, he's a reliable guy that is not there this week. I still think they get home. Uh, I'm going to back the storm. You don't see him win. Uh, sorry. You don't see him lose two in a row too often. Shane. Uh, yeah, Griff, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I, regardless of the, regardless of the, of, of who's in, who's out, whatnot, I, I still think when you look. I've lost Shane. I have lost Shano. We have lost Shano. We're just going to have to assume that he's, uh, his, hit, his tip might have been... It sounded like he's he was... Going, he was certainly heading for the storm. Yeah. It sounded that Looks way. Looks like Look, a storm's hit him at the moment. Oh, no. He might have had a, a cyclone rip through there. We'll, we'll get Shano back on track in a moment. Um, I'm tipping the storm in this one. Um, the storm of the storm. And, exactly. Yeah, look, the reason they're, they're resting players is the fact that Look, even if they don't get the job done, if Penrith get, whatever, worst-case scenario, they're finishing second. I think they've still got enough uh, class across this pack, across the park, uh, to, to get the job done, and I'm tipping the storm. We've got Shano back on board. Sorry, Shano, it sorry, sounds boys. like you're going to head towards a storm victory. Sorry, boys, I was, I was, I was, I was talking and then realised... Uh... Nothing was happening. Um, I'll go back to what I was saying, I think, before I dropped out. Um, when you look at the Storm, 1, 6, 7, 9, 13, 14, they're the people for me. Yeah. I, I just think that they're that, – that's, that's class that you build around that the Sharks don't have. I've got the Storm. 
Yeah, good spine, hard to beat, um, quality team. To be honest with you, they're the team to beat this year for mine. Uh, minor premiers, and I think they'll they start this year, this week. All right, heading on to our next game of the round. We have, um, it's a local derby. This is usually a, a really big clash if it's played in Western Sydney. Um, and a lot on the line for both teams, depending on other results this week. We've got the Parramatta Eels taking on the Penrith Panthers at Seabus Super Stadium on the Gold Coast Friday at 8.05. Uh, for the Parramatta Eels, they're coming off a win against the Storm. Uh, you don't get much better than that. However, if we are going to look on the other side of the coin, uh, Junior Paulo is suspended. Um, look, in regards to this game, we've got Gutherson, Papali, Brown. Um, they're all rested, uh, so it's not really a full-strength uh, Parramatta team. We've got Nakore with a head knock. He's going to miss the game. Um Perham, Oregon, Kafusi, um, Makatoa, Cartwright, Hipgrave, Stone, they're all going to start. And you've got a really, like it's a brand spanking new bench here. Um, Rodwell, Russell, Lane, uh, Opatik is also back. He's going to pair with Oldfield, who is the Moonlight Shadow in the centres. Arthur and Smith are the halves. Um and this week, from what I'm hearing, is Smith's going to captain. So, really, we can't take that squad from last week uh, that beat the Storm. They're, they're resting a lot of players, the Parramatta Eels. They're getting ready for finals, knowing that a finals position has been uh, sewn up. Uh, very interesting, um, because we don't have Cleary going down the same route. Penrith are full strength. They're, they're the team that you saw last week that are ready to go. Hammer and Tong. Very interesting for me, given that Parramatta are resting players. Um, they're, they're a shot technically of fourth place, and they'll need to win this game to have any hope. Obviously, they'll think, you know, hope that the Roosters lose or only have a little win and hope that uh, Manly get done by North Queensland. Um, look, in, in regards to Penrith's um, position... They have three options. They finish minor premiers if Melbourne lose and they win. Second, if they and Melbourne win. While a loss will see them waiting on the Dragons-Rabbitohs game as to whether they'll finish second or third. Um, South Sydney obviously would have to have a big win to cover that differential gap. Um, tell you what, Griffo, against your Panthers, it sounds like Parramatta are pretty comfortable just to sew up a spot in the in the top six. Graham, um, yesterday when I got onto the NRL site and looked at the teams, it took me back to the 70s and 80s. Um, before you were born, um, there was a competition called the Amco Cup, which later became the KB Cup and the Commonwealth Bank Cup. There was, it changed its name with its different sponsors, but it was a midweek competition the Challenge Played. Cup at one stage, I think? Uh, I don't think so. Um, it was always under a sponsor's name. Um, but it was, a, it was a Wednesday night competition that in the initial stages was played exclusively at Leichhardt Oval, mm. um, which in those days, believe it or not, was the, the uh, bee's knees of grounds in Sydney because it had 
floodlights. Um, I'm taking you back to a time, obviously, when things were different. But um, and I, as a as a young, uh, you know, I was quite a young lad at that stage, and it was a big thing, um, like for our our team, um, like the the rugby league team I played in at the time, uh, to be taken to watch an Amco Cup game at at Leichhardt Oval, and I remember being taken to the 1975 Grand Final. Uh, it was the Roosters. I think up against, I think the Roosters won that game, but and it was the also they played the first Amco Shield, the schoolboy competition that night. I was about eight years old, and I'll, ne- I'll not forget it because it was a big thing. What used to, the reason I say this is because in those days, um, sometimes what you would see would be um, teams field their reserve grade side. Um, in those days, it wasn't just the, uh, the Sydney Rugby League clubs. There were teams from, from outside. There was various country divisions. There was a team, Combine Brisbane, an Auckland team, and so forth. Teams that were not in, in the main Rugby League competition. And it was a knockout event. Uh, but some teams would, would pay it lip service. And that's what Pirate are doing this week to this game. They're fielding a, a team that is, to be honest... A reserve grade side. Now, um, Brad Arthur, I think, is not doing the the wrong thing here by his club. Um, the supporters might disagree in, in the fact that he's not playing any of his best players. But what he's he realizes that they they're, they're not going to be in the top four. So he's number one, trying to give some of his stars a rest. They may have niggling injuries and so forth. It also takes out the, uh, the option of, of losing some of their stars through injury or suspension. Um, they found their form last week. And, and um, I know we've, we've been going for a few hours. I won't go on too much other than to say, well done, Parramatta. Um, I've been eating humble pie because I gave them no chance against the Storm. Um, and I, I got to congratulate them. And, and their, their key players stood up. Does that put them pretty... back in contention? Because we wrote them off. Yeah, I, I still I don't think they can win the comp, but um, it gives them confidence, Graham. And to be honest, if they played their best side this week, taking into account there was going to be no Junior Paulo because of suspension, there's still no Campbell Gillard. Uh, and uh, Reed Camp, Reed Marnie, sorry, Reed Marnie is out for the season. Mm. They could have played their best side, and still quite possibly got pumped by the Panthers. Um, they might not have, you know. To be mm. fair, maybe they beat the Panthers as well, but I, I couldn't see it happening. So he's taken that what out was, of the equation. What was the difference then? If if you're saying a Penrith side could could pump that Parramatta team to beat Melbourne, what was it about Melbourne then that? That, that didn't happen for them the other Oh, night. yeah, they were a bit down on form. They didn't have their best side on the park. And Parra responded to the criticism. Um, and to their credit, they played really well. They were, they were physically dominant. Um, and that was led by Paulo. Um, Moses had a great game. Gutherson, likewise. And, and they fired up for that game. And... Um, They've beaten the Storm twice this year. They're the only team that the Storm haven't defeated. 
So whatever happens between now and the end of the year, and I don't think the storm will come up against the eels again, but it's possible. Um, they'll be able to take that out in 2021, the only team that the Storm didn't defeat. This is a reserve-grade side. Penrith's got their best squad. Um, those that will be disappointed about this are the broadcasters because mm. um, what should have been a really big game is, is really now a sideshow. Um, I don't, I don't criticize Brad Arthur. He's doing what he believes is best for his club to, to do their best in the finals. Um, as a Penrith supporter, obviously I don't want to see any guys injured. I don't want to see any guys suspended. That's my fear. I don't fear losing this game. This, this is a mismatch. Um, to be honest, I'm going to name this game as my joker and, for the round um, uh, to, to Eagle Dan, who is, is an, one of our favorite listeners. You need, um, you need a few points to get him. No, no, no. I'm actually in front. Um, oh, he's Eagle, in, you're in front I was, you? I was going to tip Manly to be honest, but he's tipped Manly um, in the interests of fairness. And if I tell you, I'll buy him a drink. If, if Penrith win by win big and, and, <laughs> and I win that joker and the thief. That's a good finish. Um, if, if, you know, because I tip Penrith, if they, if they don't perform and, and his manly side do, maybe you can buy me a drink. But um, uh, so in fairness, like I could just tip manly and I, and I, I pretty much I'm going to win. Um, but, you know, keep it alive. I'm going to tip the Panthers. They should win. They should win well. I will say they were disappointing last week with pretty much, again, their best side. Um, Tigers credit. They played well. I'll talk more about them later, but Mm. Um, Penrith, they at no stage in the game really were they firing. Um, they scored some tries due to individual brilliance and power. Panga tried. Um, Nathan Cleary made more mistakes in that game than you'd probably see from him in a couple of months. Um, and and he he knew that and he commented on that after the game. He still did set up three. Just got credited with three try assists and he, some of his kicks where he was aiming at the goalpost were, were amazing. One of them led to a try. Um, so he did some fantastic things, but he was way down on uh, just the, the general things that you never just passes from dummy half that he was dropping. He doesn't normally do that. Um, they'll look at this almost as a training run in preparation for week one of the finals, try and put some of their plays on, um, in a game situation against a reserve-grade team that they should win and they should win well. Shane. Sorry, uh, yeah, Griffo, how could I have had any more? Look, the one thing I will say, I'm, I'm surprised by Penrith. And the only thing I can think of is that they're not sold on their form yet. No, they couldn't be Shane. They haven't been playing well. And, and and I agree, I agree. And I think that um, and I think that when they look at it, you know, that they they're serious about this finals. If anyone wants to question how serious they are, look at their team this week. It's a full strength side. They want things to click, and they want them to click against um Para this week, so they can roll into the finals with a head of steam. Um, they're going to do that because the side that Parramatta's fielding, um. 
most sides in this competition could beat this week. I think for Parramatta, Parramatta looked at what they did last week, said we've, we've beaten Melbourne, let's put a tick next to that, and the top eight is a new competition and let's fight, let's live to fight another day in that new competition. Regardless of who finishes in the bottom eight, they are they are going to be one of the best two teams. I, I would say them and the Roosters. Um, whoever finishes seventh and eighth, they they should have their number. So they know they know that the team they feel that they know they've got to rest their players and I hope they don't get injured. For me and Penrith, I'd want to hope that this gamble pays off. That 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 they learn something from this week. That they've got combinations that can click. That they play themselves into some form, um, because if a player gets injured, I'm not going to say talk about suspensions, but if a player gets injured on the back of a key player on the back of they could have been rested, well then that's a gamble that didn't pay off. If they win well and their combination works and they roll into the finals and play South Sydney in week one and and put a number on South Sydney, well, then you say the gamble paid off. We're not going to know. Look, Penrith's going to win this game. The gamble of who they play, we're not going to know the full implication to that till week one of the finals, Gray. Sorry. Go Go Graham, and I'll I'll make a point shortly. No, look, I'm going to be pretty brief, brief, Griffo. Um, Penrith will win this one. They're a strong team. Um, Against most sides, they would win this week. Uh, Parramatta, if they had their full strength team, I'd um I'd be looking forward to this as a good battle based on what we saw last week. They um they really showed some promise last week against the top team in the competition, but given the fact they've basically said, hey, we're happy to finish sixth and we'll take on the Knights in round one. Um, the Penrith Panthers can have this one and good on them because it'll give them a shot depending on what Melbourne do at the minor premiership. Just the. Thanks, Graham. The point I was going to make, and I've made this point a few weeks ago, whatever Penrith do this year, I can't see them going better next year, wherever they come. Yeah, good point. Because they're going to lose Matt Burton, a budding superstar of the game. They're going to lose Kirk Capewell, a high-quality state-of-origin player. And they will not have to beat Tavita Pungai Jr. after this year. So whatever they do this year, at best, I can only see them matching next year. What I'm hoping is that they win the comp this year. Mm. And they're a big chance. Definitely. But this is, their, this is their window is right open. And I did say at the time, when I mentioned this you know, a few weeks ago, I also said the same about South Sydney. Um, Obviously, the loss yep. of Luttrell has, you know, just changed that. But I can't see South Sydney next year going better than what they did this year. But maybe they will because they'll have Luttrell back in the finals. Losing, um, losing a lot of players, though. They're losing key players, Graham. They're losing Reynolds. Yeah. They're Gagai. losing uh, Gagai. They're losing Sewer. But mm. even more importantly, they're losing Coach Bennett. So, yeah. for mine, this was the year South Sydney... Their, their window was right open. Um, but I can't say that now because there's no Latrell Mitchell. Um, so they may actually go better next year, whatever they do this year. Mm. But uh, look, looking at this one, um, 
it's really the Panthers' opportunity. And uh, look, I think we'd all agree, especially given the Parramatta side this week, that the Panthers are the team to back in this one. Okay, moving on to our next game. This will take place uh, on Saturday at 3 p.m. at Suncorp Stadium. We have the Brisbane Broncos, who we discussed earlier, are out of contention for the top eight. They're taking on the Newcastle Knights, who are in an interesting position. They're, they're, they're finishing seventh, regardless of what happens. So in the team news for the uh, Broncos, uh, Flegler, he's out this week, suspended. Um Bullimore comes into the pack. Uh, Kennedy's also coming in. Ricky returns in the back row with Rabadi benched. Um, for the Knights, Clemmer's coming back from suspension. Saifidi is rested. Uh, they know that they've got their elimination final next week, so they want to make sure that Jacob Saifidi, I should mention there, uh, is fresh to go next week. Braley and Barnett also join Saifedi on the sideline with Randall and Jones starting instead. Star Tower is replacing Heimel Hunt on the wing. Crossland and Johns are the new bench players. So, as I said, the finals equation here. This game, if you... Look, I don't want to downplay these two sides, but um, in regards to the finals, it's a bit of a, a nothing game. Brisbane are out of the running. Newcastle have locked in seventh place. Um... Look, the only thing to watch out for here is whether the Broncos finish 14th or 15th. Shane, um, interesting game given that both teams technically don't have much to play for. Yeah, you're right there, Gray. And I think, um, look, I think when you look at the Knights, the Knights just want to consolidate um, consolidate everything. Uh, they want to run into the finals um, with a bit of a head of steam. Um, it's fair to say that, that most... most uh, punters would would say that they're they're cannon fodder in the first week of the finals, but you know what? Any team that has Ponga, Bradman, Best, um, you've got Pierce in there, Jake Clifford, um, David Clemmer, Tyson Frizzell, Connor Watson. You, you know, like whilst they haven't proven much uh, that we've seen at times, um, there's still people that have skill. Um, Look, I look at this game and I'm picking the, the the Knights. The Knights have too much to play for. Sadly, um, I think when we talk about the the Broncos, well, it may not be sadly, depending on your, your on, on what you think. Um, the Broncos are yet again a season of disappointment. Whereas um, Knights will make the finals for yet another year, um, and I think that they're probably looking at this week as a bit of a platform for next week um, to springboard what could be a finals campaign, um, probably against uh, either the Roosters or the um, or the Eels. But, um, yeah, just to, to consolidate some form, uh, get themselves in the game, get themselves some confidence so that finals week one, they're ready to roll um, and, and come out firing. Griff, I've, I've got the, I've got the uh, Newcastle Knights in this one. Agree, Shane. Um, they they're they're on a roll. I think they won something like five in a row or whatever it is. They won quite a few games in a row. They haven't beaten anyone of significance, but you can only um, you know only win against who you turn up against. For mine, uh, the the backline of the Newcastle Knights is where this game will be won. Star quality, Kalen Ponga, Bradman Best. 
the combination of Clifford and Pierce is going really well. Um, the Knights forwards, they're a little bit down with without the Safiti brothers and also Mitch Barnett missing from the pack, but still pretty handy looking pack there. Uh, the Broncos, yeah, in the last six to eight weeks, they've, they've been much improved. They've won some games. Um, and they may win this one. Um, but I just think the Knights, they'll want to continue building that momentum that, that's, that's happened over the last five weeks, going into the finals, uh, continuing to try and get combinations get Bradman best involved in the game. He is X-Factor. Got Ponger at the back. And I think um, Pierce, uh, he, he's, he's a very, very experienced player. I think he leads him to victory. What do you think, Graham? Yeah. It, it, it's kind of hard to, to disagree with that. you got to go with the, um, the Knights here. It's just, yeah, I mean... It's one of those weird games where you can't say one team's got more to play for, but it's just a case of a team that's really struggled this year. Um, but, you know, you got to be aware of a team that's, that's settled. They know that where they're going to finish, and uh, as we said, there's not a lot to play for. But, um, yeah, you, you, if, you, if you're in a tipping comp, you got to pretty much go for, in this one, the team that's uh, won the, mo- the more games out of the two and that's higher up the ladder. <laughs> All right, moving on to our next game on Saturday, uh, 5.30 p.m., uh, Queensland Country Bank Stadium. We see the Cowboys taking on the Manly side. Now, for the North Queensland Cowboys, Cotter is out again. So, unfortunately, no. they won't be able to welcome back Cotter. Not this um, year, anyway. They'll no. Welcome back next year. That's right. Uh, the Sweat Hogs will be waiting on that one. Whilst Cohen Hess is returning at prop, um, and Tamalolo is moving to lock. Uh, for the Sea Eagles, we've got Kepi and Pasika returning on the bench with Sipley and Sirenen dropping to the reserves. The finals equation here, like Brisbane, the Cowboys, uh, look, <laughs> they've been in the wilderness for many weeks. Uh, the Cowboys are looking at either 14th or 15th. Manly will have a better idea on Friday as to how important Saturday's clash is. Um, if the Eels and the Roosters have both had a loss... Um, the game has no meaning because the, the, the Seagulls will finish fourth. Um, the results of either the Parramatta and the Roosters will mean Manly you know, might need to win to finish fourth. Their possible finishes are fourth, fifth, or sixth. Um, in effect, we've talked about it for weeks, fellas. Uh, look, I'll throw it to you, Griffo. We've talked about it for, for quite a few weeks now. We think Manly's the fourth best team in the competition. To actually cement that and be sure of it, they could well have to beat the Cowboys this week. Is that the way you see it happening? I think they win and they win well. Um, yeah. It's it's a full strength Eagles team. How strong this team is is the fact that number eighteen is Tafoa Fafoa Sipley, Moses Suli is nineteen, and Curtis Siren is twenty. Those guys can't even make make the playing squad. Um, that's how good this this side is. Um, and and I, you know, we think back to the start of the year, I criticised this, this club, particularly at the end of round four, 
when they were awful the first four games. The turnaround in this team is amazing. Uh, this is the team that I don't, as a as a Panthers fan, I don't want to be playing him in, in week one of the finals. I, I fear this team more at the moment than I fear the Rabbitohs without Luttrell. Um, um, so I'd be quite happy if the Melbourne Storm get up against the Sharks because I'm pretty confident the Panthers beat Para, Para's reserve grade side. On this game, um, congratulations to the Cowboys. They won last week after 10 losses. Uh, I don't, Because of work, work commitments, I only got to see the first half. And uh, the Cowboys were in trouble at halftime. And then when I saw the full-time score, I, I thought, wow. Um, they obviously did some great things in the second half. And that gives th- them a lot of confidence going into the off-season. But uh, I just think too many guns in the Sea Eagles side. Um, originally, as I said, I was going to pick this game as my uh, as my joker for the margin, um, but I'm not. I'm going with the Panthers instead. But I think a big Sea Eagles victory. I did expect them to beat the Bulldogs by more last week, uh, a game that I didn't get to see. Um, but I, I sort of saw the scores, and I couldn't believe it. The Bulldogs were up 12-10, I think, at one stage. But the uh, Eagles in the second half obviously um, sort of ran away with it a little bit. But uh, Sea Eagles for mine in, in a big win um, up against the Cowboys, Shane O. Yeah, Griff, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, not much more to add, really. Yeah. Um, sea Eagles have truckloads to play for, bucket loads more to play for, and the um, Cowboys do not. So the Cowboys did, to their credit, uh, do some good things last week. Manly's too good. Too many, yeah. too much class across the park. It's Manly's team. Yeah, no, totally agree with you guys. Um, Manly just too good. Um, they're the team that's really built across the year. We know the importance of Tom Trebojevic. Um, and given the fact that they've got something to play with and in effect North Queensland have nothing to play with, um, I'd imagine that uh, the, the key players for Manly, including Cherry Evans and Trebojevic, stand up. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm not surprised that all of us are going for Manly there. All right, we're heading on now to the final game of Saturday night. This one's going to happen at the Sunshine Coast. We do have the South Sydney Rabbitohs taking on the St. George Illawarra Dragons. We have rivals here going back uh, many, many years. Um, but an interesting uh, situation here with South Sydney guaranteed a top three position. Given that, Coach Wayne Bennett has made a range of changes. Now, we know and we've talked extensively about Latrell Mitchell being out. Blake Taft has replaced him at fullback. In addition to Latrell Mitchell, we're also seeing Adam Reynolds, Dane Gagai, Damian Cook uh, out of the squad altogether. Alex Johnston... Uh, Cody Walker, Cameron Murray, and Dry Arrow in the reserves. We also see Tom Burgess out. Um, if you want to keep up to date with some of the youngsters that are getting a run this week, Lachlan Ilias is the new half. He will play alongside Benji Marshall, who will play in 5'8". Tane Milne and uh, Braden Burns are going to uh, come into the back line. 
Mamazoulis is going to replace Hook, uh, Cook at Hooker. I should say, Patrick Mago is coming into prop. That means that Nichols is going to move to lock. And as we mentioned earlier, he is the new captain. Uh, in addition to Latrell Mitchell, Liam Knight is also suspended. Um, that means that Hawkins, Moga, Cartwright, and Mawale are on the bench. So all the big guns from South Sydney effectively being rested, given the fact that uh, they're, they're going to finish third. Um, if Penrith lose and they have a big win and, you know, a thousand things go their way, they may finish second. But the Rabbitohs are effectively finishing third. For the St. George Illawarra Dragons, uh, changes from last round. We've got Beal replacing Lomax in the back line. Farmer Sully replaces Ford on the bench, which means that uh, in addition to that across the back line, we've got Sloan at fullback, um, Finai and Ravalawa, as mentioned before, by Griffo in the grab on the wings. For the Dragons, um, look, last week they lost, which removed any slim mathematical chance of playing finals footy. The best they can do is 10th. The worst they can do is 13th. This is a tough one to pick, Griffo, because ordinarily you'd say the Rabbitohs will win this, but we've got a lot of players coming in that we haven't seen before and um, really testing um, you know, the, the first-grade credentials with the likes of Ilias making his debut. Mamazoulis only played limited minutes this year and a host of regulars out being rest by Coach Bennett. Indeed, but they've still got a host in the second role, Graham, so it's they good do. to know. Um, look, this is Generation Next for the Rabbitohs, um, up against Generation Next for the uh, Dragons. Um, I don't know enough about Generation Next on the Rabbitohs side of things. What I do know uh, is that Generation Next for the Dragons uh, is very, very good. Uh, Sloan Figai, Amone, Sullivan. Uh, on what I saw the first half last week, some of the play, the combination of, of Amone and Sloan, I think it was, for a try, was just uh, absolutely brilliant. Um, i got to go, I think, with the Dragons. I just think it's a team probably that's a little bit more settled. Um and I know they haven't won for a long time, the Dragons. They will want to finish the year off uh, with a victory because they haven't had one since Barbecue Gate. Um, but for the confidence of these young guys, uh, and uh, they, a lot of these guys were in their SG ball side uh, in 2019 that, that took out the title, and they are the future of the Dragons. Um, I just think... Uh, dragons here, but not with any confidence. Shano? Yeah, Griff, um, look, you know, the Dragons are far more settled. Um, uh, they've, they've, they've got players on the park that, that, that aren't making their debut. That, that they've got some sort of continuity. Look, for the sheer fact that it's the last game of the round of tipping South Sydney, um, I think it's, it's, it's generation next for South, um, and they're going to want to prove that they can do it. Um, this is a massive audition and in front of a new coach for next year, um, they're going to want to show that they can do certain things. Um, 
some of the forwards, uh, you've still got to remember some of those forwards that are playing this week, uh, they're fighting for position. Um, you know, we, we want to, you know, Totola needs to play a big game. Mago might get a bench spot. Jaden Sewer, he's been on the outer somewhat. Jacob Host, um, whether he's a starter or not, people are unsure. So there's a lot of um, Tauto Moga as well. So I, I, I personally believe that, that, that they will not go with Benji in the finals, um, which means there's another Ford's spot up for grabs. And this week is a bit of an audition for that, Greg. Yeah, this is a tough one to pick. Um, I'm just going safe and tipping South. Um, the, the job interview this week is Lachlan Elias. Um, look, the Taff, Ilias, Mamazoulis, they've, they've shown that they can be the best, um, well, you know, they're three of, we, there's four players in the spine, um, this week, those three, um, they, three, they made up three of the players in the spine in the, uh, the Jersey flag team that ran rings around, uh, the rest of the competition, um, a couple of years back. It's it's different in first grade though. Um, the, Ilias is really he's got an audition for next year. Taff's got an audition for next week. Uh, good good showing for Blake Taff means he's uh, Latrell Mitchell's replacement as expected. Um, and as you could imagine, a lot of those other players have been uh, having niggling injuries. This could go either way. Uh, yeah, I'll just I'll go the safe option, see us, and hope that the youngsters show up. All right, moving on to our games on Saturday, two p.m. at Seabus Super Stadium. We have the Gold Coast Titans in a genuine home game up there in Queensland on the Gold Coast, taking on the Warriors. Uh, changes from last round: we do have Fotowaka starting at prop with Tino at lock, McIntyre benched. For the Warriors, um, Harris DeVita returns to the halves with Townsend out. Afoa drops off the bench with Tanoa Brown replacing him. Uh, interesting in regards to the final equation. Um, look, by the time this game happens, it could be a dead rubber. As we speak now, it's not. But if Cronulla or Canberra are victorious at the start of the weekend, the Gold Coast are done. Um, but if both those teams lose, there is an opportunity for the Gold Coast to storm through and do a bit of a Stephen Bradbury into eighth place, as I like to call it. So it would take a few teams to fall over for them to come through. Um, the Warriors, uh, look, they're probably looking at 10th position. They're playing for pride. If they get absolutely dusted, it could be 11th, 12th or 13th technically. But... Um, for all intents and purposes, Griffo, this could be a dead rubber, this one. Yeah, I think it probably will be. But, um, I mean, it'd be great if, uh, you know, we're going to 2 p.m. Sunday and, and uh, the Gold Coast are playing for a spot in the finals. I had them in the finals at the start of the year. And I also had the Warriors there, which tends to say that I'm not a great judge. Because um, <laughs> I think, to be honest, neither of them are going to make it. I think, uh, I do think Canberra will, will um, take the Titans out of the equation, in which case um, perhaps their effort might not be so great. But um, both of these teams have had their moments. The Warriors have shown fight in pretty much every game. The Titans have been up and down, particularly their defence has been questionable. 
Um, I'm going to stick with the Titans, but with zero confidence. Um, they've they've got better players, I believe, than what the Warriors have got, and that's why I'm tipping them. They're just not consistent enough, Shano. Yeah, I agree. I, I can't add any more there, Griff, really. Um, if for some reason this game is still alive, uh, yeah, they're going to win. I, you know, it's it's. I don't think it will be, but but it's one of those things where yeah, I think I think the Titans, regardless of what happens mm-hmm. in the games beforehand, should be too strong. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm going to tip the Titans. Um, there's a bit of talk about Kevin Proctor. He's got an AC joint injury. They think he's good to go. Look, we know that Lodge, um, he fought the dangerous contract con. Sorry, dangerous contact charge at the judiciary. He's going to play. Uh, I mean, uh, look, realistically, I can tip someone now and then at 150 on Sunday, my opinion could change depending on what else happens. But given everything that's happened now, where they fall in the season, um, I'll tip the Titans. But I don't want to start a whole another conversation because I know we're running long, fellas. But the fact that neither of these teams are going to play finals for mine is, um, yeah, is a big story in itself. So uh, disappointing to see that the the Titans and Warriors probably won't play finals. Titans are still a bit of a chance. I'll tip them in this one, um, but I think the uh, the race will be run and one. Prior to that, all right, moving on to our final game of the round. We have uh, the West Tigers taking on the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. Uh, you don't have to be a rugby league genius to, to figure out that this game doesn't mean much in regards to the finals. Um, there's not many changes to these teams. Um, we saw that injury to Dury for the Bulldogs last week, so Waddell's going to replace him. Um, Narp was there in the reserves. The equation basically is um, Tigers can't make the finals. That was all uh, sorted out last week. Uh, <laughs> to talk about Canterbury as a hope for the finals, that's that's something you'll have to go back to a very early episode of Carpool Rugby League this year to uh, discuss their guaranteed 16th position. The best Tigers can do is 11th. Griffo, West Tigers, best of a bad bunch? Yeah, I've (laughs) got to say, um, last week, I actually thought the Tigers played really well. Um, I thought their defence was much improved. The effort was there. Um, They didn't win the game, but I've got to give credit where credit's due. Um, I, I thought... I thought they did play well last week and, and they showed some resolve that, that wasn't there the previous week. So congratulations. I think they win this game. Um, one thing that I was interested in, Graham, uh, we got Yoko Ono playing this week for the Bulldogs or was she out? We don't have Heather Mills, I can tell you that much. <laughs> we got a so bit of feedback that, about that. People, people enjoyed that. The uh, We were on the hop with the... Well, I, I was actually listening. I was on a walk this afternoon listening to that. And, um, yeah, it was it was interesting. Yeah. Um, but, look, yeah. So, I think number 14 was the, yeah. was the person that created the confusion. Yeah, Bailey. Bailey. Beyond the old old. Yeah. Um, 
and I think you may have mispronounced his name at some stage. And as I said, all I heard was Yoko Ono. <laughs> Bailey Yoko Ono. Yoko Ono. Oh, but, gosh. Uh, what a happy accident. Yeah. No, it's Tigers. Bulldogs are awful. Tigers, uh, if they can play like they did against the Panthers, they win well. But you never know. But uh, Tigers for mine. Shane Ono. Yep. Oh, we've got Shano just... Uh, we, we don't have Shano on board He's at lost. the moment. He's having some technical issues. So, I'll, do you know what? Just for shits and giggles, I'll uh, tip the dogs on Shano's behalf. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I'll go with the Tigers. Um, yeah, we'll go the Tigers. They're the lesser of two evils. Um, Shano's probably got to... Would he uh, have called this the last uh, uh, yeah. 2021? Uh, I, I think so. Oh. And I feel like, um, was it not that long ago that these two played? Is it? Am I? Am I? Oh, the the vagaries of the NRL draw green needs to be quite high. Um, look, we're now in round twenty five. They played each other in round twenty one. So the first time these two teams played each other was on the eighth of August. And we are now the 5th of September. So, look, within the space of, yeah, four weeks, they're playing each other twice. Um, The only reason I remember that is because I think Shane sent a a very good uh, (laughs) picture. Remember he had the coloured, the portalers for the game of the week. The streamy or whatever it is that they Mm. eat in Sweden. Is that... That might have been it. I can't pronounce it, but it's that horrible fish stuff that they have over there that Look, stinks. There are a few. There are a few messages sent on the Carpool Rugby League WhatsApp chat. Um, look, yeah, I mean, I'll give the the Tigers the benefit of the doubt, um, but yeah, they've got I, better players. They're, yeah, that's the bottom line. They've got better players than the Bulldogs. Yep, and uh, look forward to Shane posting the picture of the uh, orange and black portaloo versus the uh, blue and white portaloo this week. Other than that, Griffo, um, yeah, well, I'll tip the Tigers in that one. I think we're pretty much done for this it's week. It's been a marathon. Thanks, it's... listeners, for listening yeah. all this time. I mean, to be You're honest... Well. Yeah, you are. But, I mean, there was so much going on. And, and I know, you know, it, it all revolved around one incident largely but mm. it was a big incident yeah and i think um, also too it was good to hear um you know some points of view on it um and 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 ultimately these are the things that uh that get the the people talking and i'll be honest with you i'd be an idiot if i didn't think that uh the fans of carpool rugby league weren't lit, uh tuning in this week to to hear our opinions on it griffo indeed yeah and they've been aired and we, we've, you know, got a few, we usually, we agree on most things, but um, we certainly, we had a few disagreements around that issue. Yeah, a few devil's advocates rolling in. Um, and uh, look, to be honest with you, for mine, it could have been a bit of a heart overhead. But at the end of the day, that's what makes rugby league rugby league. And that's why we love the game. Agree with us, disagree with us. The bottom line is that uh, we love the game. We're looking forward to the game this week. Enjoy the last round, ladies and gentlemen. Have a good one, guys.